Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. Welcome to the holiday season. Let's talk about some radio, shall we? All right. All righty. How are you, Leah? I'm good. I got a lot of stuff done. You when, did? When we... Uh, the studio is both clean. Both did not uh, go to the pack meeting. You've really taken on Cub Scout duties. You, I you have. take them to the meetings, and I have just so you can lament, just on, be frustrated, just the, just an an hour of frustration. I I was taking pictures <laughs> of disheveled children, little ragamuffins running around. Uh, if you'd like to see what I've been talking about on the podcast, <laughs> join us at the uh, Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast uh, channel on the Discord. Link is in the description. People, I think, believe that I was overreacting a tad. What? Really? I am not overreacting when I say there is no <laughs> uniform decorum at all. In the weebelows. In the weebelows. Yeah. And I they mean, that's the a most, real problem. They that's have the a... most flair. Like, they have the most, like, as kid, I expect tiger cubs and lions to run around like crazy kids. I get that. Yeah. Weebelows is like the, the step. You're there for two years. Yes. Weebelows one and two. Before going to yeah. become a Boy Scout, right? Mm-hmm. Or well, scout, a whatever. Scout. Yeah. Um, a, a no longer cub. <laughs> sans cub. Yes. <laughs> a fully grown scout. Yes. <laughs> no longer a cub. A juvenile of scouting. Scout? Yeah. <laughs> a juvenile of scouting. This is rolls right off the cuff, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. Weebelows have all kinds of stuff going on with their uniform. Oh, yeah. When I was done with Weebelows, I. You've seen my uniform. They have the best covered. scarves, too. Just oh, the, the plaid? Yeah. Yeah, the best. Love it. But the best. Anyway, yeah. if you want to see pictures, go check that out. Um, but yeah, I have an interesting starting point before we even get into it. But I want to talk thing. about the yeah, whole thing about how they didn't serve refreshments to the adults. Yes. So <laughs> I have maybe have hinted at this. I don't remember. When we did Cub Scouts, the scout meeting always ended with refreshments. Okay. The... A den was like the den that would prepare the refreshments. Right. And they would pour the punch slash coffee. They mm-hmm. made coffee. We had little cookies, that kind of stuff. And the process was very simple. The meeting would adjourn. The dens were released one at a time to go line up to pick up refreshments for every family member that was in attendance for the den meeting. Yeah. So if you had like grandparents and there. And I did multiple times. And parents. Uh, multiple and... times. Sister. Yeah. We would collect the refreshments for our guests and deliver them, serve them first. Mm-hmm. Then we would get back in line once everyone had been served individually to then get our own refreshments. Right. Today, they had refreshments and it was just a mad dash to see who could be the first kid. And it was Edison, right? What, yeah. With, with him grabbing Ben and, and dragging Come him on, to brother. the front of the line. I'm not going down for this alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Just cr- And I'm sitting there and like they've all clogged the the the, the line. Yeah. Matt, no one can get in or out. It's a double door opening and the kids have just blocked the entire thing. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. You know what the harsh reality is though, right, Josh? What's that? For you to see the changes you want you have to be in the leadership oh i I completely understand yeah i and i'm i just don't have the time i'm not willing to do it so i will continue to complain yeah (laughs) 
it, it, so so you and I are clear. different in this way. No. If I are, if I are. am going to complain about something mm-hmm. and it's in my power to do something, I will go and do it. So for now, I will say I do not care about that. <laughs> you are a better person than me in that regard. I fully know that I could improve upon things. Yes. I am just unwilling. I am just far too busy. Yeah. That is, I, I get it. Well, ham radio community, I hope you realize what you have taken from this the, the consternation. <laughs> <laughs> the values these young cubs could be learning. Is so, the time is being spent on on ham radio outreach. Ham radio so. and ham radio outreach. <laughs> and videos and podcasts and newsletters and discords and nets and all that stuff. Yeah, that's all just outreach. That's <laughs> not to trivialize I, it. Uh, not, to, not to toot my own arm here, but, but let me explain the outreach. <laughs> so completely unrelated, right? I'm to, getting to scouts? Completely, wholly Whoa. unrelated. I made a Twitter post. Twitter, a Twitter post about um, one of the overlapping areas, not not related, but I feel like there are adjacent fans. Sure, sure. With ham radio. And, and before we go any farther, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Twitter is now down to like less than 10% of their original workforce. It's, it's Elon if, and a janitor. If you, if you math it out mm-hmm. based off of the news sources saying that this much has been cut and then these people resigned right. after that and then these other people also quit after right. that, right? right. That Down below 10% or hovering around 10%, mm-hmm. okay? Right. Twitter still has not gone down. It, okay. okay. It hasn't been. You know how many people must be trying to hack Twitter right now? <laughs> it hasn't gone down. It hasn't been I, hacked. Much like every organization, there are really good people, a, a few, that do some superior work. And I'm sure. guessing that the network team, yeah. the software that does the back end of Twitter, probably really solid. And it's built upon what over a how old is twitter over a decade well over a decade yeah yes easily it, they have built a, to this level of excellence it's sure. like it's like rome right yeah rome worked their butt off and then they wallowed Bast in their in own their, crapulence yeah. and they and they fell right that's what this is to i me. mean i i just have to emphasize that <laughs> if the site hasn't gone down <laughs> Oh no! All right? credit, all credit that, is due. Yeah, that it's quite possible there were too many people working at Twitter. <laughs> Elon saw the smoke, right? And, and to the tune of ninety percent. Right, right. So made a Twitter post. How many fans of Ham Radio are there that are also fans of fountain pens? Oh, can I. Mm. <laughs> I'm not assuming a big group. I, I mean, I would uh, at one point in time I would have said totally unrelated, mm-hmm. but we know from the email correspondence tower that in email. fact yes. there is an overlap. Yes. So I guess if you took like if you took just per capita random person, like a thousand random people, okay. right? I would assume that the amount of people that are fountain pen fans is less than if you took a thousand hams. Right. Sure. Of course. That's what I'm yeah. guessing. Is yeah. That's my assumption. Okay. Yeah. So that was my the Twitter Venn post. diagram. The Venn diagram. But then I, you know, you and I have talked about fountain pens. You have used some of my fountain pens. Not a big fan. You're uh, generally not. I mean, they're just. Man, I I do a lot of writing, like both typing yes. and by hand. And you are a fan of stationery. Big fan of pens. Big fan of stationery. I, I I am, but they have to be efficient. 
they I mean, it can't be like for me to do anything, Mm -hmm. I have to significantly reduce the barriers to use. Right, right, right. right. Okay. You're like, (laughs) Like, I I get a whole box of Pilot G2s for like 12 bucks. (laughs) I just throw one out when it's empty and I'm just back to writing. I don't have to like siphon it out of a vessel. I'm even okay with like very high end pens where you swap out the the ink cartridge. Do you know what I mean? You can do that the, with a fountain pen, right? But it's not that pleasant to write with a fountain okay. pen. So I want to show you a pen. This is called a Lamy Two Thousand. A Lamy? La- Lamy's a brand. Lamy, Lamy, L A M Y. Lamy. I said Lamy, but it's probably Lamy. Here's the pen. That looks like a regular pen. It is. It is a uh, shrouded head. My goodness, how far fountain pens have come. (laughs) It's a hooded rhodium plated 14 karat gold nib. Did you buy this? No. Okay. But it's going on my wish list on Amazon. But anyway. It's too late for wish list. I want you to know. I want you to notice the styling. Okay. Very good styling. Yeah. A timeless look. Uh, it's like, um, mid-century modern. All right. When was this pen designed, do you think? Uh, in the mid-century. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 1966, this pen was created. And it's called the Lamy 2000. Yeah. It just cracks me up. I mean, it's, uh... Lamy. It's period appropriate. Yeah, I think it's great, though. Yeah. I think it looks amazing. Anyway, I was just... The the style of it, I felt, like, kind of was your vibe. Since we're on the, I do love mid-century yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but we have kids, so we can't have nice things. Right. Um, <laughs> I do want to bring up something. Uh oh. Okay. That. <laughs> Here we go. Um. When you do an Amazon wish list. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is very important. I want everybody to take note. It's too late for this year. Okay. Your Amazon wish list, mm-hmm. if you have one, mm-hmm. needs to be done before Black Friday. This yes. is yes. this is like bare minimum, like go clean up your wish list before Black Friday. Yes. Because Black Friday to Cyber Monday mm-hmm. is the time that people are like, I'm going to go buy like stuff on Amazon because it is going to be the biggest deals. Right. Right. And then after that, if you have whatever stuff that's not purchasable on Amazon, then people go buy that for weeks after up until the 24th. (laughs) But you want to start, you want to have it squared away. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. So if I ask you a week before Thanksgiving. Mm Mm-hmm. What's on your wish list? Mm-hmm. Do you have a link to your wish list? Yeah. Don't tell me, oh, I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't hear back from you until way past Cyber Monday. Right. Okay. That's not nice. This isn't a book report. <laughs> this is presents that you may receive. <laughs> yeah. Taking 20 minutes is not painful mm-hmm. for potential presents. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us out here on the Hammer to Crash Course. We do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. We like to click kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today it's <laughs> it's just audio in and out, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, there has been, in in for me anyway, a bit of a resurgence. I don't know where that audio came from. Apologize for the uh, the noise there. There's been a bit of... Who is that? 
that, you told me to mute, and then you're like Who not m- muted at all. Who did it? Today. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Today I did. The resurgence in VHF packet and what I'll call digital modes has been kind of interesting for me, particularly like WinLink, uh, Vara FM, which we'll be talking about later in the show. But I kind of want to level everybody's, not expectations, but get them thinking the right way. At the end of the day, an HT, a handheld radio, there is a port, two ports in some cases, on the side of the radio, and that is the in and out audio for the radio. What an idea. What an idea. Now, a lot of people see that port and they go, oh, that's for like a hand mic. Okay. Like a physical hand mic. I can talk into that. You can, but another thing you can do is you can interface it with a computer or some kind of... Um, intelligent device, if you will, that will allow you to be able to feed audio in and out of that device to do fun digital radio things, right? So that's kind of what I just want to set the stage for everybody so that as we continue on this journey, this podcast, that keep in mind that Baofeng that's sitting right next to you, boy, you know, that'll do Vara FM with the right controls. That will do packet radio with the right devices and a lot of the times not too expensive and adds to a capability of a radio that you're already keeping on you so what if you had a little little pouch maybe a pouch that had a an ft8 waterfall on it. a pouchette but an ft8 waterfall pouch that you oh, could that's have actually very popular right now <laughs> that you could that you could have like your your tnc or your audio cables to go to your laptop really easily and then you're checking email with your ht that world exists now, and it's really cool, and we're going to talk about it as we go along. So, okay, good start to the podcast. Good show, I think. Good, good show. Yeah, right. yeah. Leah, would you like to take a test? Uh, Let's see how you bring this whole sucker down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> such a good Thank opening. Thank you. You're such a good coach. Yeah. A real Ted Lasso you are. <laughs> you got to believe. Yeah. You got to believe. Question 27 of 35 is where I, I'm at. I saw my old boss yesterday and he was he was like, he's like, yeah, your, your beard's looking pretty good. He's like, I'm thinking about, you know, growing mine out. He's like, I can do the Ted Lasso mustache really good. He's like, but you got that whole coach beard thing going on. <laughs> Bringing up the fact that I forgot to dress as coach beard for Halloween. And he came as Ted Lasso and he was, you could see in his face. He was, he was like, you have let me down. He, he, he was, it was a Ted Lasso disappointment look. <laughs> I was like, man, I do feel that I've let you down. If you go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress as, as coach, coach, coach beard. beard for the rest of my life. If, <laughs> if I don't see that guy, who, who could I, could I dress up like Keely? That doesn't make sense. No, I'm not tall enough. Wasn't he like, he, he, he dated a woman. Not, not a real character from the show, though. Maybe oh I, no! It was a really weird like maybe story, I could side go, story. Maybe I could go as Nate, <laughs> who's the enemy now. <laughs> the Indian guy. Yeah. Oh my god! It'd be amazing. All right. Just slick my hair back, make some little bangs. Oh, that's right. He had the crazy hair. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I can't wait for that show to be back. Man. I did not like the second season so much. Didn't pull me in. So much good stuff is happening on. Uh, Apple TV and HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Prime. Prime, Prime, too? yeah, pretty good stuff. I'm thinking about canceling Netflix. Netflix is not doing so hot. Wasn't Wednesday? You just finished Wednesday. Wednesday was fine. I mean, it turned the Adams Family into a teen 
dramedy. Which arguably it kind of is. It's all set up for that. Yeah. I expected that before Rivendale. Riverdale. Whatever. It's like you never, Rivendale, I think, like is literally from the Lord of the Rings. Followed the Archie where, comic book. It's where Elrond like, lived in River, Rivendale or something. Anyway. All right, Leon, you're postponed it enough. Let's get started here. Okay. Uh, the first question reads... Wait, what? How many questions are you on? At the... 27 out of 35. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. How is an LED biased when emitting light? Mm. A, at the Zener voltage, B, forward bias, C, cutoff, beyond cutoff, or D, reverse biased? Uh, I selected the wrong thing. The answer forward. is forward biased. It's a diode. It can a... The electrons can only flow in one direction. Mm. Okay. You know, one direction. Yeah. That's something that belongs on Netflix. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Which of the following effects can a geomagnetic storm have on radio propagation? A, a degraded high-latitude HF propagation. B, improved high-latitude HF propagation. C, improved ground wave propagation. D, degraded ground wave propagation. And I selected A, degraded high-latitude HF propagation. Geomagnetic storms. Good are not the same as sun cycles <laughs> well i mean no i mean mm -hmm. it is from the sun yeah but not it, not the good way it's the angry yeah. side of it the next question reads how does a capacitor react to ac i believe it, the geomagnetic storms go up during a high side cycle mm. yeah sun's angry a, as the frequency of the applied AC increases, the reactance decreases. B, as the amplitude of the applied AC increases, the reactance decreases. Mm. C, as the amplitude of the applied AC increases, the reactance increases. D, as the frequency of the applied AC increases, the reactance increases. Okay. And I selected the wrong thing. The answer is, as the frequency of the applied AC increases, the reactance decreases. Solid. Great. Thanks for that. Of a capacitor. Yeah. <laughs> Where, Where on Earth do, <laughs> do ionospheric layers reach their maximum height? Okay. A, where the sun has just set. B, where the sun is on the opposite side of the earth. C, where the sun is rising. D, where the sun is overhead. And I selected D, where the sun is overhead, because that's how you get maxed out sun. <laughs> that's... Yes. Feels like more sun's good. Yeah. Bro. All right. The next question is, what is QRP operation? Oh. A, transmission using quick response protocol. B, traffic relay procedure net operation. C, remote piloted model control. Or oh. D, low power transmit operation. If I got this wrong, you have to take down all the shirts Everything on you said about <laughs> would be a lie. It is D, low power transmit operation. Because mm -hmm. QRP is for heroes. Yes. Yeah. What is that, four or five? Uh, four. Okay. Why is it best not to draw the DC power for a 100-watt HF transceiver from a vehicle's auxiliary power socket? Ooh. 
A, the socket's wiring may be inadequate for the current drawn by the transceiver. B, the DC polarity of the socket is reversed from the polarity of the modern HF transceivers. C, the socket is not wired with an HF shielded power cable. Or D, drawing more than 50 watts from the socket could cause the engine to overheat. And I selected A, the socket's Good. wiring may be inadequate for the current drawn by the transceiver, and that is correct. This uh, question brings up many an argument online. Hmm. There are many people who have powered their HF radios off of the cigar lighter or cigarette lighter uh, or the 12-volt socket on their car. Mm -hmm. And there are many people who have done it, and they've literally, like, melted wires. It is wholly based off of the manufacturer of your radio. Sure. It has nothing yeah. to do with the radio other than the radio is drawing a lot of current, right? All right. 15 amps plus in some cases. So I might just finish the test because there's only three more questions. Oh, wow. Okay. Happy holidays. The <laughs> The frequency allocations of which ITU region apply to the amateur radios operating in North and South America? A, Region 4, B, Region 1, C, Region 2, or D, Region 3? I got that wrong. Mm -hmm. It did. is C, Region 2. You went so, with 1? No, I went 3. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, North and South America are Region 2. I'm going to just remember that because they cite two different... Mm, continent a mnemonic yeah. device mm -hmm. there we go uh which of the following steps must an amateur operator take to ensure compliance with the rf safety regulations when transmitter power exceeds levels specified in fcc part 97.13 mm. a contact the fcc for a visit to conduct a station evaluation oh yeah, yeah. B, perform a routine RF exposure evaluation. C, post a copy of the OET Bulletin 65 in the station. Solve your problems. D, post a copy of the FCC Part 97.13 in the station. B, perform a routine RF exposure evaluation. I can't be radiating you with excessive amounts of RF. I put up the notice. <laughs> I actually put up both the bulletin. I put up and... both C and D. <laughs> so the RF better know better. It's a shield. Yeah. <laughs> what is the output PEP from a transmitter if the oscilloscope measures 200 volts peak to peak across a 50 ohm dummy load connected to the transmitter output a 353.5 watts b 100 watts c 400 watts or d 1.4 watts and i selected b 100 watts and that's correct okay all right let's see how i did you got I, it i failed uh -huh. <laughs> And worse, I think. 18 out of 35. I felt like 18 was the last one. Yeah, well, we no did it again. No improvement. We did it again. For you, no improvement is worse. <laughs> it is. I think last week I was talking about transformers. More than meets the eye. Yeah, and I was talking about AC to DC transform, and I realized after the fact that while a transformer is part of the circuit needed to go from AC to DC, a, a bridge rectifier is needed. And uh, that requires four diodes in addition to some other stuff. So I wow. uh, hope nobody went off to just try and <laughs> shove a toroid into their AC power Bumblebee, check. Bumblebee, handle this for me. <laughs> Bumblebee. 
I was crushing Energon cubes like it was my job back in college. <laughs> Anybody, you remember that? You don't no, remember that? No. No? <laughs> Do you remember college, university? Be an Optimus Prime. Don't be a Negatron. <laughs> Do you remember college, university? No. Way before YouTube. Yeah. When everybody was on like um, new grounds, flash animations, mm -hmm. college university. It's where like Homestar Runner came from. I believe it. And all that. It's mm -hmm. good stuff. It's great. Very good. Well, hey, if you'd like to study along with Leia, we highly, highly recommend you do it in three ways. And I think this probably covers just about every way people can learn these days. One, hamstudy.org, a great free website where you can make an account, and that allows you to track your progress as you take practice tests. Hamstudy.org also makes the Signal Stuff Signal Stick, which is my favorite ham radio handheld antenna. That, also, if mm -hmm. you're somebody who's planning on taking the test online with the uh, Glarg VEs yes. that are... Um, W5YI is also using. Yeah. If the platform in which you would be studying on ham study the way that the questions are presented and everything mm -hmm. would be identical to your test well it turns out that ham study made the software yeah that they use mm -hmm. which is uh, exam tools i believe it's called yeah so there you go on that one or of course if you're a traditional book learner uh make sure to check out gordon west's prep books on amazon we have links in the show notes the technician pool was just recently updated. So if you're starting fresh, starting oh, the new. the general pool. Uh, oh, no, the no, tech technician. pool. And then yeah. the general pool in less than a soon. year. Yeah. We haven't gotten an update from Nate on how many weeks out you are. From, but uh, you're losing weeks every week uh, as we get I'm closer. I'm going to take it to the limit. Yeah. <laughs> Push it to the limit. <laughs> so make sure to check out the books. Uh, Gordon West books are great. The nice thing about the Gordon West books, though, is mm -hmm. that they actually have links to HRCC videos in there. They do. So if you were somebody who learns by watching somebody do or doing yourself, mm -hmm. then you would be able to see kind of what he, that test section right. is in action. Gordon West will also tell you that the way he makes his books is to try and teach the material. Right. You, you do study for the test, of course, as a byproduct, but he wants you to understand the content. And that is... Making you capable of passing the test right. and operating as a... Right. right. <laughs> and, and for many people, that's the way they want to learn it. So check out Gordon West Books. And then lastly, we also like the Fast Track series, which is on Audible. It is an audio book. It is a study guide. And that is more or less the... These are the right answers to the questions mm -hmm. and, and a bit of background on why. Mm -hmm. So there is learning there as well. The format of the audiobooks I find uh, really nice. It's what I used when I was studying for my extra mm -hmm. while I was driving to and from work. We have a link for Audible in the show notes. You do get one book free when you join Audible, and that book is yours for life or until Audible ever goes away. But Jeff Bezos and Audible will outlive us all uh, at this point. So. <laughs> I'm guessing anyway. Uh, so yeah, even if you end up canceling, you still get to keep that book. So really nice if, you, if you're if you thinking about getting your extra or whatever. So yeah, keep that in mind. So hey, 
Join the conversation by leaving a review on the Apple Podcast for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at layathamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. Now, Leah, sadly, no reviews today oh, Bad podcast on Apple week. Podcasts. So everybody, if you want Apple Podcasts read, Make sure to go update them there. We really do appreciate that. We do. With that said, makes me a. I was poking around, as I do, on my phone. Okay. Popping. You just like poked it. Yeah, I poked it literally with my fingers. Oh. Multiple times in, in different, very specific areas oh. to cause a result. Hmm. Right. There is a Podbean app. There is. Turns out that we have quite a number of comments on Podbean. That we have not acknowledged. So I thought we'd go through some of them because they're they're pretty good. Um, okay. <laughs> so the first is from Zeon from seven days ago. Awesome podcast about amateur radio. Keep up the good work, Leia and Josh. Thank so, you. Thank you, Zeon. Do you remember what my uh, my like first online handle was? Mm-hmm. What is Zeon Zaku. Zeon Zaku. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to pick that one. Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Writes. A lot of people are having the same issues, both in this app and Google Podcasts and <laughs> you, This is in regards to fast-forwarding. <laughs> it's an incredibly wonderful day <laughs> Radio Land. So Nathan is literally trying to do tech support in yeah, the comments. Thank you, volunteer podcast co-producer so thank you for, for that effort that you put in. So this is from N7MYW, Seamus. Hey, Seamus. Love the podcast, although now the ability to resume listening is disabled. And I have to start from the beginning every time. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Working on that as to why. Otherwise, love it all. Thank you, Josh and Leah from Seamus. I'm thinking that Podbean fixed whatever. They did. They yeah, mucked. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from John Holiday. Thanks. I thought HRCC was the pinnacle, but now finding the podcast with Leah is another level. By the way, I did not know until today that Leah's connection of interest in the fire service. P.S. I apologize for not realizing when I met you in Huntsville, I called you Jason, not Josh. <laughs> Can't apologize enough, but it was mostly probably due to my my putting meeting you as a bucket list moment. Aww. I was a bit in awe and meet in meeting the ham radio royalty. Well, you are way talking me up more than you should. How so. hilarious would it be if I showed up to like a ham fest or something and just walked around with Jason instead? <laughs> That would be fun. <laughs> Thanks again from Stefan Mooney, South MS, K6 SDM. So thank you very much. Really I think mess was, some people up. <laughs> there was like one other I wanted to hit. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> this is from HD Road Glide. So he's a Harley Davidson guy. Thank you guys for the fun and educational ride. I am an older newbie to the hobby. I received my technician's license in December of 2020. This past Sunday, I passed my extra. So I'll give you one and give you two on that one. Congratulations. You guys make this a very technical, technical hobby fun. You are very inclusive and you both should be proud of that. From KC3QQM. So there's thanks. more comments here that we'll probably dip into from time to time. So thanks, everybody, for going to the Podbean as a backup. to Going uh, to the bean. Because I get it. Not everybody uses Apple Podcasts. Actually, I take that back. Most of our listeners come in via Apple Podcast, But 
I think that they're doing it like via their phone or another Ooh. method than using iTunes or the web app to like log in. So actually leaving a review is, is quite a, a, a process. And the fact that you guys go through it and you're able to do that for us really do appreciate it. So thanks for taking the time for those of you that do that over on the Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys so much. Indeed. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Before you get started. Okay. That was Kevin. Okay. Kevin's video dropped today. Yeah. He came out to Thomas Mountain. He was the technician that got on HF. Okay. The first three contacts yeah. on the radio okay. on 10 meters was Sweden. What? Then France. Then Italy. And his fourth contact, which he couldn't complete, was Spain. Oh, man. So that video posted, if you want to go see it, 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 it was uh, just put up there. And it got a really couple of great comments for people saying, that's the guy who's been screaming, are you ready, in my ear every week. <laughs> and so, yes, it is. And uh, Kevin, thank you again for the for everything you've done for the podcast. We appreciate you. And, and coming out, it was really cool to meet you and your sons. And uh, I'm glad you had fun uh, getting on the air. And I'm I'm even ha- – like, I'm, I'm just – he, he, he got on the radio. He knew I was recording him. He still was like there. It's just super cool. You did a great job. Is he the one that you told that, that he would be chasing that high for the, for rest, the of- rest of his life? <laughs> yeah. I, like you can't buy that kind of high. There's no like you can't. Can you imagine like just if you just went to a dude's house that had like a huge tower mm-hmm. and the first like four contacts you made are all DX contacts that would already be like amazing and mm-hmm. you'd be chasing that high yeah if you four-wheel drove out into the middle of nowhere to hang out with a bunch of dudes with an antenna that they put up on the top of a mountain mm-hmm. and you're talking into a radio in the middle of nowhere with mm-hmm. hardly any cell phone reception and then you're also getting that dx that's like super Magic. cool it's so Magic. cool so i you know i i think and then we got comments on this too that said i think adam and josh were like more excited than he was while he was making the contacts. Uh, it was. It was super cool. It was really, really fun seeing him do such a great job on the air. So uh, just awesome. Just awesome stuff. That's why we do it, guys. That's like literally the, the physical personification of all of this. It's just awesome. So, okay, Leah. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. This week, we're going to be talking about a prompt that was provided to um, the r slash medical community. Prompt. Yeah, they, they like, often do like, oh, this prompt is imagine you're the healthcare provider for survivors in a post-apocalyptic world. If you could have a lifetime supply of 20 essential medications to take with you. Oh, my goodness. Which drugs would you choose? Wow. This right? is great. Yeah. Because I'm... we actually, you know, we all stock a certain amount of medications, mm-hmm. like not just what our... Uh, prescribed medications fish antibiotics and horse tranquilizer (laughs) but by and large we're all kind of just having conversations with other preppers and And, neither of us are medical professionals right so to get this information from medical professionals 
uh, would be fantastic. Yes. So the one of the answers comes from a doctor in Europe. Okay. Doctor Europe. Okay. And I think it's important to point that out because the drug standards in Europe are different from the drug standards mm-hmm. in the U.S. Right. So keep that in mind. Marmite in tablet form. That's... <laughs> Wouldn't that be like New Zealand or something? Don't they have Marmite? Mm, I know Vegemite is Australia. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I do love me some Vegemite over Marmite, by the way. that's. Uh, yes, you have made that. Yeah. That is your hill. I have yeah. both. I have both. You have both, yeah. and you will always eat the Vegemite before the, the Marmite. I actually have replaced the Vegemite. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> before. The, the texture is different. Yeah. It's like a – chalky is the wrong word, but when you look at it, it, it almost looks chalky. It's Vegemite. more solid, whereas Marmite is syrup. more. It's syrupy. Yeah. Stringy. Okay. So for infections, iodine for wound disinfection, amoxicillin. Sure. Uh, for or clavamox, I guess, um, for bacterial infections, moxifloxacillin, which is um, a backup for infections okay. that don't respond and right. like other atypicals, right. uh, zoxanide, which is a broad spectrum antiparasitic. Oh, which I bet, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, intraconazole. This is going to be a great episode for people that love you pronouncing (laughs) this. (laughs) Broad-spectrum antifungal. Okay. Olseltamivir. Nice. Flu season without vaccines or adequate support or care of chronic diseases. Okay. Um, So that's like a flu season thing. Uh, For acute care or just general life-saving insulin. Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. a problem because it's got to be refrigerated. Sure. Prednisone. Prednisone is a very strong steroid. Asthma f- and COPD and uh, autoimmune disease. And just, yeah. yeah, crazy issues that you may have. Uh, yeah. Salbutamol for asthma and COPD. Epinephrine. Okay. I am for allergic reactions, CPR. For your recreational and use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nitroglycerin for, for heart. Uh, anginas, mm-hmm. ACS, uh, furosemide for uh, heart failure and stage kidney failure. Whoa. Uh, carbamazepine for seizure control, bipolar wow. disorder, alcohol withdrawal, wow. or neuropathic pain. All of that. Mm, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's. That's, that's all like a multi tool right there. A... I bet you can go down to Walgreens and pick that right up. <laughs> Again, fish antibiotics. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you. Painkillers, ibuprofen yeah. for am- yep. anti inflammatory, um, aspirin for blood thinning, yep. morphine. Of course. Mm-hmm. Those are the only painkillers that are listed. Morphine will get you what you need, yeah. Yeah. that'll get you where you're going. Uh, for supportive care. Wow, this is a good post. Yeah. Ethanestradiol um, or Levana, Levana yep. uh, or Gestrel. And this doesn't even describe. I'm pretty sure that uh, that is a commercial <laughs> yeah. with two couples holding hands and they're both in individual tubs. <laughs> and it doesn't even have an explanation for its use. It just says, of course. <laughs> Yes, uh, that is a that is a funny yeah. English doctor. <laughs> Diazepam for seizures and anxiety. Okay. Uh, 
loperamide for diarrhea. <coughs> okay. Haloperidol for nausea and palliative care. Uh, then um, just a short list of a few other things. Okay. Uh, nadroparine, uh, treatment and prevention of all thrombotic events. Uh, but noted that it's impractical without imaging equipment. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. what is a thrombotic event? Uh, I guess know? it has to do with the thoracic system. The I'm not a dinosaur. That's <laughs> like lungs and things like okay. that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, marrow penum. Uh, that's also a backup broad spectrum. Um, Lumenafentrine to treat malaria. Oh, that's. Probably, I mean, for some regions, it's just not needed. But yeah. um, those that need it, they probably need that more than anything else. Still the world's number one killer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The mosquito. Uh, the most deadly. No, that is that. That's still true, right? Malaria. Mosquito? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, digosin, uh, heart failure, and arrhythmias. It's also a sketchy alley in Harry Potter. Oh. No, that's a diagon. Digosin. <laughs> uh Atenolol for tachycardic arrhythmias, heart failure, anxiety, and angina. So wow. he also notes that chronic diseases are screwed. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that insulin? I guess you could have a momentary need for insulin. Yeah, but that's a, true. So everybody that's listening to that going, yeah, I'm just going to like buy all those things. Uh, probably not possible. True. Also, the dosing schedule for that. It's like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Why don't you just take like all these pills at once? <laughs> That's uh, probably going to solve all the problems. And here's a horse tranquilizer for your Well, problem. you know, it's interesting. Your trouble. Because. Uh, by like the way, Hammer Deer Crash Course Podcast is not giving out medical advice. Yeah, we are not. Absolutely uh, not. Make sure you sue European doctor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, Once it, you it, give it, what and it's this? actually posted by a throwaway. It's Smart man. Yes. Um, what a smart man. That being said, it's interesting because. All of the compounds that go into modern medicine are actually derived from other things. They're, they're, they are derived and then they are mixed Yeah. Um, to create this other drug, right? So Aren't all things we use derived from something? Well, what I'm getting at is that- Half these pills came from space. Well, I, naturopaths actually touch on this a lot. And I know you believe that a lot of naturopathy is woo. a bit woo. Totally. But the reality is that plants do like have a lot of the compounds in them oh, that are used to create these drugs. I'm not saying there isn't active ingredients in plants that are beneficial to health. Right. They, those right. actually have like scientifically proven – I mean – where does opium is the derivative of morphine? So tune right? in next week when I talk around. to morphine a morphine is the derivative of opium. Naturopath doctor on oh, what geez. the plants you can grow to replace these things are. So, yeah. <laughs> what what homeopathic medicine would you? Not uh, homeopathic. Naturopaths are different from homeopaths. No, homeopath is the crazy one. Right. That's mm -hmm. like what if uh, what if we took that active ingredient that you need and we just like put it in sugar. Gave it uh, to you in one. 1800s of that amount <laughs> okay that yeah sure that'll get you there all the more reason for a still too right because then you can derive the essential oils off of whatever these active ingredient plants are are you that... talking about making a tincture yes <laughs> okay i mean that's just suspension in alcohol a tincture mm -hmm. 
So and then you yes. mix the active ingredients mm-hmm. in a tincture yeah. to replace these things. Right. If I, I, a post-apocalyptic, What's you're not the... you're not popping open like this <laughs> this pharmaceutical factory. <laughs> <laughs> when, when old old school surgeon barbers become the thing again, and Here's everybody's a leech, <laughs> everybody's running around like Papa Smurf because we're all on silver nitrate. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right, there you go. That's so the show topic. All right, so today's is discussion for today is go on to the show. Sorry, the, show topic the, the topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. It is the more you know. I yeah. I th- you didn't have to tell me. I told you that. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, Josh, Yeah, I, but... yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got to go in and level that. That's a little too hot. But uh, hey, show topic. We already talked a little bit about, hey, man, it's just audio in and out. Well, I wanted to go into a little bit more detail on the differences between TNCs, which we've talked about, are terminal node controllers. And these mm-hmm. harken back to the days of packet radio. Leia, technically, this comes into contact with things like modems that you might have used for bbs's and whatnot. i do like bbs's yeah, like the <laughs> the old school pre-internet days so back in the day a tnc terminal node controller is i'm using the term modem um, but what it was is it had a certain level of intelligence that you might see in like today's computers it had the processing capabilities to convert audio into packetized frames same kind of concept as what we use on the internet today. And generally, generally, everybody loves when I use that word, mm-hmm. uh, we use what's called AX.25 or AX25. That is the packet protocol that we use for communicating over amateur radio. Packet radio still exists, although it has uh, gotten less prominent than it was in the past, largely because of the internet and the proliferation of cell phones and all that stuff. But Basically, it's like the computer parts in the simplest way in a box that does the thinking so that you can just connect a dumb radio into it and then you can do packet radio. The cool thing about TNCs, at least in the traditional way to look at it, like back in the 90s kind of thing, was that the box had the capability to be a bulletin board system so that you could actually have inboxes and mailboxes for hams to send other hams messages and they would persist and people could uh, navigate from beyond line of sight um, spaces and then what they would do is they would hop from bbs location to bbs location to packet station from packet station to packet station and the way you would do it is you'd log into somebody's packet station and you'd say hey what other packet stations are you hearing right now and then you'd use that packet station to broker a connection to the station they can hear, and you do it over and over and over again until you got really long distances. And there are still packet networks that exist like this today, and you can look them up on the Tapper network. Uh, Tarpon is another one. Uh, there's a lot of really interesting packet that still exists today, and believe it or not, it's still used in the area of MCOM because packet radios are pretty consistent and they work really well. Plus, they are generally what you would call asynchronous in some cases. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but they are um, pretty easy to make contacts. One of the protocols that they use along with AX25 is a subtle modification to it called KISS, K-I-S-S, Ooh. which is literally keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, dummy. And it's a... it's. <laughs> A protocol based off of traditional AX25 that is asynchronous in nature. And I I copied this from Wikipedia that I just thought I would read because it's a lot easier that explains it than how I would try and sum it all up. 
AX25 is often used with a TNC that implements the KISS standard, framing as a low-cost alternative to using expensive and uncommon controller cards. And think of a traditional TNC in this case. The KISS framing is not part of the AX25 pro protocol itself, nor is it sent over the air. In this case, we do. This is literally from Wikipedia. That's why it says that. It merely serves to encapsulate the protocol frames in a way that can successfully pass over a serial link to the TNC. The KISS framing is derived from SLIP, and that's all capitals. These were the two SLIP-connected hosts with KISS. It is assumed that the KISS framing link is over serial with only the host computer and TNC involved. Among other things, this makes it awkward to address multiple TNCs without having multiple serial data channels. So basically what that's saying is you can encapsulate all kinds of different data in this KISS protocol and send it over the air. We often do this in an asynchronous method or path for using APRS. Mm -hmm. That is the most common way you'll see it in, in general. KISS generally provides no flow control and no error checking, which is one of the reasons why with an APRS radio, they will retransmit the same packet multiple times. Okay. And it's up to the receiving stations to go, I already heard that guy's first packet. I'm just going to ignore this one because it's literally the same thing I've already heard. Right? I see. Okay. So yeah, there, there are situations with APRS where you have packets that are colliding with each other with other stations also transmitting, and then you yourself are also adding to that uh, traffic, if you will, mm -hmm. by transmitting over and over again. But hey, it, it works. Um, oddly enough, because there's not a ton of people that are using it simultaneously. So traditionally, amateur radio operators have connected to AX25 networks through the use of a terminal node controller, which I've talked about, which contains a microprocessor and an implementation of the protocol in the firmware. So again, computer bits in a box. These devices okay. allow network resources to be accessed using only a dumb terminal and a transceiver. So... We don't live in a world with dumb terminals anymore, but Leah, did you ever work in a place that had a dumb terminal? What's a dumb terminal? Literally a monitor and a keyboard. No computer tower, and it had a serial connection or some kind of long wire to a network connection. And I that made... So. That's like back in the day of, of mainframes and um, mini computers. Mini computers are actually much larger than the desktop computers we have at home now. But mm -hmm. the idea is that you would have a TNC whose job it is to kind of like handle this stuff for you. Okay. And it would connect to a dumb radio, just again, going back to my handheld analogy from earlier, just audio in and out. All right. And it would connect to this box, the TNC, and that's doing the computing. That's your microprocessor, mm. right? That's the kind of idea of it. Now, we live in a world where all of that TNC stuff that got done in the past via a special box you had to buy, mm -hmm. you can now just do that with a Raspberry Pi or a single node, a single chip computer, single board computer, that kind of thing. What a time to be alive. It's true, other than Raspberry Pis are unobtainium right now. But you could use a, a dumb laptop. Are they really? Oh, the price has gone through the roof. Like $60 Raspberry Pis are going for like over $200. Wow. Yeah, they're absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, to juxt now this is kind of the transition point. There are modes that go outside of packet, right? Packet radio I will use often because some of my radios have packet radio TNCs built into them, like the Kenwood THD74, which allows sure. me to connect my laptop to it. And then, boom, 
I can use packet winlink to receive my emails. I can use it to receive APRS um, packets and display them really nicely on my computer and use them really effectively and easily. However, you don't have to do that. You can just get a sound card um, or a properly interfacing device and being, be able to send audio in and out of your radio, again, like a handheld. Mm -hmm. Something like the DigiRig, for instance. I've talked about it. It's that little black box that connects to your computer via USB, but then connects to your radio either an, with an audio connection or a serial connection. And that allows to do things like FT8, which okay. ultimately all it's really doing, this interface to the radio, it has... So headphone jack, think headphone jack in your head, Leia, 3.5 sure. millimeter jack. It's just audio you know how in and out, man. Well, yeah, but there's a little bit more to that. I'm going <laughs> to hit that right now. You know how there's like a tip and then there's like a little black ring and then yes. a copper ring and a black mm -hmm. ring and a copper ring. Mm -hmm. So that black ring is an insulation separating the rings. The okay. rings are different wires on the cable. Okay. So if you're thinking in the headphone sense, it's generally left, right, and ground. Okay. In radio sense, you still probably have a left-right, although you don't really need it. There's a ground, but then we add the extra ring or option of a PTT. All right. Because I need to be able to tell the radio, start transmitting. Right. Now, I can use something called Vox, which is voice-activated transmission or something like that. Um, I always forget what the acronym for Vox is. But that's where the radio won't do anything until a threshold level of audio is received, which turns the receiver on. So it's like an automatic transmission. Ah, uh, okay. So if you had a computer connected into your radio and Vox was turned on, or you had the appropriate tip, ring, ring, sleeve, whatever connection for PTT, your computer, simply by sending audio and the PTT together would key your radio up to transmit. Okay. Most handhelds do this. Baofengs do this. Wow. Right? So there's no reason not to kind of explore this space because you can get an interface. You can make your own interface via online plans to be able to get audio in and out and also provide that PTT that your radio needs to tell it, hey, I want to transmit now or not. Now, if you go down this road, uh, one of the really, really cool applications you can use is Vara FM, specifically okay. for VHF, UHF. It works the same for HF as well, but we're pretty much talking about handheld radios and smaller VHF, UHF radios. With Vara FM, you can do incredibly fast data transmission for sending emails via WinLink, okay. which goes beyond the speed of traditional packet, which is usually 1,200 to 9,600 baud. Um, the Vara stuff, which there is a translation here, which I haven't done the math on. Where is my, I think I might've lost the uh, the link for it. Oh shoot, I did lose it. But Vara transmits way faster than packet. So if you're moving a lot of data, actually here it is. So at, um, so basically what Vara FM wide, there's FM wide and FM narrow, depending on how your radio is configured. Okay. It can get up to 25,210 BPS. Um, Really? Which is pretty fast. And the way it's doing that is by splitting up these carriers. Okay. For anybody that's used Vara before, there's a really cool waterfall effect where you'll see like bits of intensity and these little green dots that show up on the screen. And oftentimes it's it starts out as just like four dots. But as the faster the transmission rates go between the two channel, the two stations as they start to broker their connection and they go, yeah, give me more data. Okay. Give me more data. Give me more data. And they reach an upper level of where atmospheric conditions don't allow them to go any faster. 
Sure. But if you had a really good connection, you could see extremely fast transmission rates. And, and Winlink will handle it, Vara FM specifically. So um, check it out. I'll probably drop a, a link in the description for you guys to look into this. And yeah, there's a there's a cool little blog. It says, can a Baofeng HT be used with digital MCOM equipment? And it's talking about how to build a wire for a SignalLink USB sound card to be able to do Vara FM, which is, uh, you know, really, really cool. So make sure uh, you potentially look at that if you are into that kind of stuff, which I certainly am. And uh, we're definitely diving into that more because... If you're into that kind of thing. I already mentioned Radio Mail, the last podcast, right? So right. that's, you know, right in the wheelhouse of this because that's Winlink, right? Winlink Packet in particular mm. with the capability to do Vara FM and Vara HF sure. over the network. So there you go. And there we are. What's happening? The staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. All right. Leia's screwing around with the mood lighting here, trying to give it a lightning effect or something to the uh, the to moving stair turn sequence. The lighting bright. Could you just tap it, maybe? There you go. It's... Maybe just tap, tap, and tap it instead of holding it down. No, you have to hold it down to make it brighter. Okay, I'm good there right go. there. That's perfect. Okay. perfect. You nailed it. I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, control our uh, lights as to dim the house. Mm. for circadian rhythm well yeah interesting well welcome everybody to the emails correspondence tower we love it when you send us correspondence and you can send it to leia at hamtactical.com we also have a p.o box that is in the show notes and there is a voicemail number but we do have to make a big stop here at the shipping and receiving uh center what do we call it? God, I always forget. Yeah, because you know what? The um, the shipping and receiving department was like on strike for a while for some reason. We just weren't getting anything. So I showed up <laughs> at the post office and I had my little yellow slip that tells me I have a, a package. And it turned out that the lady who handles the P.O. boxes was actually working the front. Okay. And she called me up and I, I gave her my slip and he goes, where have you been? You got all these boxes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I've been here. Every week. Every week. I, I check the box. <laughs> she's like, no, we've got stuff from back in November for you. What? I'm like, there was no slip. She's she's like, oh, yeah, no, you've got a ton of boxes. Does she have the package? Oh, that? No, that... no. She took all the meat and the beer, I'm assuming. <laughs> That's why she forgot to leave the slip. <laughs> she's like, where you been? I've been drinking your stuff. And this stuff's great. <laughs> I love it. Get some more. <laughs> I could really use a little nosh, though, because you get some cougars, gold cheese. How are you did that that first time? I mean, that second time, because you already got the first one. So. Okay, so we got a, a ton of boxes, and, and they're kind of uh, intermingled a little bit. So the first one, uh, this was actually sent to me from Apparel Lab, which um, is the printer for a YouTube channel that sent me cool. some swag. This is... Ham Radio Basics logo t-shirt right here. Look at that. Cool t-shirt. Ham Radio Basics live from Studio B. Nice. Now, we're not done with uh, Ham Radio Ham Radio Basics, so just hang on to your button. What, is, what is Ham Radio Basics? Well, they're a YouTube channel. I believe I'm going to be um, talking with them in the future here. So 
we'll save that for a future date. Now, I did get, let's see. Nice t-shirt though, Ham Radio Basics. Indeed. So this is, yes. Okay, so I think, now this is an interesting one. So this is from the Philippines. Malaus. <gasps> Malaus. Laos or the Philippines? Mal How would you pronounce that? Malo Mal Malolos. Malolos. Philippines. I don't even know if I said that right. So but I'm, I'm definitely sure you didn't say it right. This says cross stitch cloth and card. What? So I saw <gasps> a YouTube video that this individual posted. What? I love cross stitchy stuff. So this is a, uh, a QSL card. I don't have a contact with this individual, sadly. This is DW3TRZ. And I'll hand that to you. Cool. All right, Leah, you ready for this? Uh, yes. <gasps> There's a card in the back here, so I'm going to put it It looks up. like... A license plate. Yeah, let me let me grab the card. But and it's cross stitched so beautifully. This is really it's really beautiful. cool. No, this is really cool. So I will hand you the cross stitch, or I'm just gonna pull this all out. Jeez, that's the tape. Thank you, tape. Here you go. Wow, so talented. These are super clean cross stitch. So this this is from November 17th. So yes, this sat in the P.O. box for sadly too long of a time. I really apologize for that. Um, this says, amazing Josh KI6NAZ. Welcome to the, how would you pronounce that? Mabuhai? Mabuhai. Mabuhai. DX Stitch Amateur Radio. You are definitely in for the collection of amazing OMs. Keep up the good work. Stay safe and stay amazing. For the love of ham radio. Very cool. And this says, please email me a souvenir photo. And they have left me their um, their email address. So I will do that. This is from DW3TRZ. I love this. This is like the cool, like one Thank of the coolest so handmade much. things anyone has ever sent to us. Uh, I will put it in the back of my videos so that you'll be able to see it. And uh, I just thank you so much. That was really awesome. But really beautiful cross stitch work. There's a there's super clean tensioning on this. It's Indeed. very impressive. So I I have to hold up the box for this. So this is the box. Okay. Okay. In the box is this. Okay. There's something wrapped in plastic. Which I can hand that to you. And Looks you can like start it's a, it. a remote. This says Josh. Okay. Good day, sir. I got my technician back on December 18th last year. Congratulations. Congratulations. But had a lot of technical problems with a handful of radios I bought and really only through your YouTube channel. I'm finally up and running on a QRP radio. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Nice. And a hero as well, I see. Indeed. A QRP hero. Your channel has been a glorious source of information in a lot of disparate, not desperate, although maybe some of that two topics. <laughs> I've made a handful of changes and a handful of purchases based on of your advice and just want to give you a small gift related to another addiction of mine, 3D printing. <gasps> this is so cool. I joined and subscribed, etc., but my Google ID isn't tied to my call sign. So you'd see me as probably D3W4YM3 in my YouTube comments, but in real life, IRRL, 
IMK04VNX. But you know, just to prevent you from forgetting your own call sign during that during a call, that would be embarrassing. Here it is, a silk blue PLA. I hope you like this, but be careful. Despite being so light, it has some sharp corners. Anyway, thanks. This is a beautiful 3D print. Look at it how is. the ends are Ooh. even beveled. Well, it's I think like... it goes the other. How does it go? Is there bevel? Yeah, you, it's facing you, right? What? No, I'll look, look at that right here. Look. Okay, there's... I'll, I'll look at it in a second. Uh, Design. You're, you're making me. Anyway, thank you for running your channel. It's a fantastic service you are doing for the entire ham radio community worldwide. Man, Dwayne, thank you so much. I don't know that that's true, but hey, I appreciate it. And if, uh, yeah, that is nice. Ooh, yeah. That is. The details slick. on that. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. So it is. That's clean. I'm going to put that. I'm. You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to take that to work to confuse people more. <laughs> when they walk in my office and they have no idea what the heck is going on with all my radio gear and QSL cards what and stuff like that doing? that I have up. So the, the next box, this is a continuation. Uh, hold on. Let me get... <clears throat> All right, so got a couple more things here. Another shirt from Ham Radio Basics, so you can hold that well, one. Great. We have. Wow, Ham Radio Basics has got a ton of gear. Yeah, Ham Radio Basics has got swag like dialed in like hard. We got a Ham Radio Basics really cute little sticker, and then th uh, three more stickers and uh, a coaster, a coaster nice. which I'll put here in the podcast studio and use that immediately and a pen from ham radio basics so thank you for that and lastly they know you're into pens so. they know my is it a fountain pen <laughs> i don't expect anybody to send me a fountain pen oh that uh that lammy 2000 yeah 200 dollars. oh <laughs> what for there was a uh there no, a... Josh, you're not getting that pen. You're getting a car. So there, yeah, I know, okay. right? There, there's a company called, uh, I think it's Nabiki. Nabiki is okay. uh, Pilot. I think it's related to Pilot. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a mug. Hammer nice. Basics. Appreciate that. Love mugs. There's a, a brand named Nabiki, and they do traditional uh, Japanese, like, lacquer painting on pens. Oh. oh. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's a really nice one. How much is that? It was like $7,000. Oh. A pen. I'm like, oh, I would break that. That's yeah, going to be. Break it or lose it. That's just well. not. That's going to be done. <laughs> that's not even possible. So, wow, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. I th th just the generosity of everybody. Thank you. I really oh, do appreciate it's incredible. it. Uh, it, it really does mean a lot. All the talent in the ham radio community. I swear to you, hams are like the most concentrated population of talent. It's just, the, just the most dense intelligence and talent. It's true. Anywhere. I really believe that. Pound for pound, ounce for ounce, our gray matter is the thickest and densest. Densest? I already ruined it. Most dense. Most, most dense. I mean, maybe, maybe not you, <laughs> but. The density. <laughs> Very good. Well, everybody, again, thank you so much. Um, really do appreciate it. Okay. We're sliding on over to the voicemail Let's annex. Do this. Leia, how does how does one voicemail? Um, no, literally. Well, you just it. pick up your phone. Pick up your telephone and <laughs> <laughs> your favorite telephone handset. Use your rotary dial pad. You dial. Your rotary dial pad. That's not even right either. 562. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Ask then, the switchboard operator to reach out to the ham radio crash. You course. might need to press the dial button at that point. Slappy, slappy the hand thing. <laughs> And then hold the, the stick thing to your ear and talk into the cone in front of you. And then you wait for it to ring until it gets to a voicemail. Mm-hmm. And then after the beep, you leave your message. Mm-hmm. You have about three minutes. <laughs> the repeater has a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> it might be two and a half, two and a half, three minutes. All right. Let's get to the first voicemail in the voicemail annex. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, no. You're not even connected. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu, and I will just leave a short, very short voicemail <laughs> in mining layer. Six months, and let's see. Oh, he's doing it! Yeah, he's doing the thing. He is, in okay, fact, he's doing, doing the six thing. Six months, and it's like he knows. Twenty-one days. When you hear this message, you're almost to less than half a year left. You know what's really ironic about this? Mm. I could just sit down for a weekend studying. Oh, yeah. yeah. 73 in the last half a year. I I jumped. How do I turn this thing off? Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. I jumped into backing you up saying you could take a weekend and do this. I Mm -hmm. I think you could, Mm -hmm. but we've been together for a while. Mm -hmm. Technically, there is a, a... kind of a ceiling detect at a technological level mm-hmm. right you are a good user of technology yes. in many ways probably better than me mm-hmm. but at the point where you get into like understanding why and how technology works that's not really your jam no it'll be fine okay i'm pretty sure i could do it in a weekend mm-hmm. this is called a compliment sandwich okay no but <laughs> But who will make the do... Christmas magic? What do you mean? Who will make the Christmas magic if I take a whole weekend? Oh, I'm not saying. You've got six months. Yeah. And then after the Christmas magic, who will make the New Year's magic? And then after the New Year's magic, mm-hmm. who will make the Chinese New Year's magic? Okay, so far. And then after. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of Chinese New Year magic, I think you got you to gotta get me those firecrackers. Yeah. You, you I think. Pull, pull out the Chinese New Year boxes. I think that I can use the Flipper Zero to figure out what that frequency is. That's the for whole the reason you were allowed to purchase this device. <laughs> I bought two of them. So, okay. Speaking of completely insane. How hilarious would it be if we went to a Chinese New Year festival that had a bunch of those and you just went through and activated yes! all of them yes! before the show even started? Yes! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So hear me out on this one. Don't do that to people. The Flipper Zero. Well, you know what my hobby is now. Just Randomly opening things. Just apparently. going around to parking lots and opening the charge source on Teslas. People are not happy. Some people are not happy. All Tesla owners, I imagine, were not happy that I was doing that. So you went to uh-huh. a Cub Scout meeting today. I did, yes. There is a very large number of Tesla drivers in yes, our community. There are. Yeah. I think Tesla, I and, wonder uh, what the saturation rate is for Asians and Teslas. It's oh, very be high. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... It's kind of like the status vehicle. It is. With Asians is. right now. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw somebody I went to high school with driving a Tesla before, like, uh, the first gen Tesla. Mm-hmm. And he, just one of the nerdiest dudes. You could see the smug. In high school. So smug. Just an aura of ego. 
I, walking, I can walking right into yogurt land. <laughs> like he owned the place, and he did. <laughs> That's his yogurt land. That, yeah. So, <clears throat> Cub Scout meeting. Walk yeah. out with the kids, and I'm like, hey, check this out. <laughs> and I, I click the button to open it, and, and then Ben, being uh-huh. Ben, yes. goes, laughed his butt off, and then goes, okay, now close it. Yeah, close it. Don't mess with people's stuff. And I said, Ben, I can't close it. And he's like, that's not okay. It's not okay, Josh. It's not okay. So I love that kid. That that kid is my voice when I am not there. (laughs) So the the reality is, is that the the Teslas will close the door automatically. It it only stays open for like a couple minutes. And then it goes like, oh, you're not charging. Boop. And it closes. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, Anyway. He thought that was, they all did. Edison laughed his butt off. for. Uh, Edison probably thought it was hilarious and thought you should do more of it. I, well, I, I hit the transmit button once and it like opens all the doors in the parking lot. Yeah. Not a big parking lot, but there was a, a huge amount of Teslas in the parking yeah. lot. So anyway, the flipper, zero. Mm-hmm. This was a Kickstarter that mm-hmm. showed up on my feed some time ago. It, it's a Tamagotchi. It's a dolphin. Yeah. It looks like a toy. Mm-hmm. But it's basically a kind of a hacking device, I'd call it. Mm. It's a replay device Okay, is, is the term that Evan educated me on. Oh, kind of like that one like little um, girl's planner thing? Yes. It's same concept. It, yeah. It, well, same concept, but the girl's planner actually did a little bit more but because they were running Open code on garage back end, doors. Which I'll <laughs> – if we have – I don't know. I'm going to belabor this point too much. But I am making a video on the flipper to kind of explain what it is and probably why most people shouldn't buy it. With that said, I bought the flipper at one hundred and twenty-five dollars mm-hmm. a piece. It came in two colorways: white with orange text and black with orange text. Mm-hmm. And I brought the bought the silicone sleeves, all that stuff. They're unobtainium. The FCC actually stepped in and said, "Oh no, you can't really sell those." That's <laughs> that's too many frequencies. <laughs> no, it's not the frequencies. It's that you can you can take somebody's like credit card. Touch it to it, and you can record the data off of it. Oh no! The, the, if it's got the chip, the NFC chip, like empowering security, security guard, like there's these little. They look like batteries that security guards stick on the wall, mm-hmm. and they use that to check in. That they prove that they walked the building. You can check those. You can take your your ID for buildings, and you can record it. Oh no! Near field, near field tags, right? NFC tags. You you can actually record the data off of that. And if it's in the frequency range for this thing, it will record what it what you hear. <gasps> you gotta and then try you can replay this it. on that security gate in your dad's neighborhood. I, I I might be able to. I might be able to. It's also one of the strongest infrared blasters I've ever seen. Like television remote. Mm-hmm. You can point a TV remote at it and it will copy the the whatever it sees off mm-hmm. the infrared off of it. And then it is way stronger than any remote that I've ever owned. So when they were Kickstarter distributed, everybody got them. They were it was a very successful Kickstarter. They did a great job. My white uh, flipper, which is the one I've been using, mm-hmm. in the secondary market, which by the way eBay stopped letting you sell them. Wow, those too much crime. Right, those go for from two hundred and fifty dollars uh-huh. up to nine hundred dollars. Wow, depending, right, depending. The black one was only produced in black on Kickstarter. It's the only way to get the black one. If you did not get in the Kickstarter, that's it. Those 
have a high of $2,000. What? Just because it's black? Because of the colorway. Straight up. Wow. Same thing. Doesn't mm-hmm. do anything different. Yeah. $2,000. Now, the, the prices have come down a tad because they've become available again, only in white. Mm-hmm. So the black one is still valuable, but it's not like super unobtainium flex. Right. Like super rare kicks flex. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this, this is like yeah. nerd super level kicks flex kind of thing. So I made an Instagram post with the flipper and it got like just a ton of likes. All these flipper people were like, oh yeah. my God, ham radio flipper. And I think I had a fountain pen in there. Like, oh my God. And like a knife. Fountain There's just pen. so many things going on. Right? <laughs> and I was like, well, since this one, since this post really took off with the white flipper, here's one in black. <laughs> <laughs> just to be a jerk. And that was funny. Anyway. All right. That's what I wanted to say on the flipper. So there you go. Now, you know. I have to tell you, I'm so proud of Ben. Oh, I, I thought you'd really like that. I, if I get the fire, we've got to figure out the firecracker thing while I'm making the video because I would like to include me doing that. Okay. Because I, I I looked online. They actually sell replacement remotes for for the firecracker. And allegedly, if you open up the firecracker, the mm-hmm. top section, there's yeah. actually a transmitter in there. Uh-huh. And there's a button you can press. And that button actually turns the receiver into a transmitter and it transmits the signal to oh. the remote to record it okay i can just pick that up on the, ref- the flipper awesome and record it let's do that so i'm chinese new year's back very on. excited very excited all right on to the next voicemail hi there this is nick weldon uh kilo charlie one papa bravo whiskey uh just a couple ideas for uh the podcast uh I'm listening to the current one right now well, thank, thank you, you nick. and i um nick no, army really write an email so for the PBS um, movie there, we have a T-shirt now for it. It'll just say ham, just big bold letters, ham. <laughs> uh, and uh, since it's Christmas time, I uh, come up with a few Christmas song ideas for our uh, songwriters. Uh, it'll be uh, Have a Holly Jolly Cuso. Nice. Not for good. one of them, it'll be in the tune of Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. Uh my finals are on fire instead of my chestnuts. Are on, are <laughs> finals on roasting fire. on an open fire. And then uh, for the final one is I'm dreaming of a low noise. Nice. Oh, good. The, uh, tune of, uh, I'm, I'm dreaming, dreaming of a white Christmas. I like it. I'll, uh, that's all for now. It's 73 and uh, signing off. Kilo Charlie one, Papa Bravo whiskey. Hey, thanks so much, Nick. Um, speaking of karaoke... Uh, apparently that's what we're doing for that mini Christmas get together. <laughs> that so breaking out the garage band. You're gonna have to figure out. How. I'm yeah. <laughs> they gave it to me. Well, I mean, obviously we'll just use YouTube videos, but I think we need one of those auto tune boxes that make people not sound horrible. I've got that huge Sony speaker, that wireless one. But will it auto tune? No, you're gonna have to get that magic mic thing. You know, the oh, so anyway. complicated. So uh, I will remind everybody, because I, I don't know that we've been mentioning it. In your emails, obviously, ham radio questions are appreciated. Comments on the, you know, preparedness corner, ideas there. Merch ideas. Mm-hmm. Leia's back back at it. I Hamtactical.com has just got all kinds of things going on. The, oh, the aforementioned let me, FTA. Let me just tell you, I came <laughs> Satchel, I think not like, satchel. Uh, there's like 12 new things, I think. 12 new things. But if you send us merch ideas and we like the merch idea mm-hmm. and we make it, 
which I swear we're doing that. I promise we haven't done that in a while, made one of your merch, but we will. We will we'll make it and send one to you for free. So we appreciate your merch ideas. We really do. And, th- and those are good merch ideas. So uh, the bestseller right now of the holiday collection is are the FT8, the FT8 neoprene bags. I, I, is, that's not holiday, though. That's just something that's like. Yeah, that'll live like, there forever, yeah. I think. Uh, we also have the ornaments. We have them in HRCC, tech, general, and extra. So if you achieved one, two, or all of those things this year... One of the things it doesn't have to be this year. You could write the date. That's true. That's just true. Just as a reminder. We have a um, holiday tradition where every year the kids get to pick out an ornament. This is something my mom did. And she's big into this. We've gotten to the point where our tree is like so full of special ornaments that we're not putting on the mass produced ornaments anymore. That was kind of your lament. What? You liked the the like pattern tree many of the Um, same ornament that fit like a design i mean i do still have some of those on there you do i know but there's like i still have the mid-century starburst um Mm -hmm. in gold but a lot of the stuff we got rid of the kids decorated the tree Mm -hmm. all on their own Mm. this i mean not all of it i help with the lights and the garland because it requires going around the tree but in terms of hanging the ornaments and they had so much fun Picking up an ornament, remembering like what when that was from or why they chose that one, mm-hmm. and then finding the corresponding one of their brothers. Um, I I was the same way as a kid. Loved yeah. it. Actually, my sister, we we all were. Yeah. My mom has a huge collection of those like pretty expensive Hallmark ornaments. Oh yeah. And all the Disney ones, mm-hmm. the Disney Hallmark collabs. Yes. Really, really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so that those, inspired get all me. Those ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my ornaments at, Mom? Uh, that inspired me to go forth and do these uh, HRCC ornaments, mm-hmm. so that you know, I realize I don't have ornaments that I picked out for the tree. That's true. <laughs> that commemorated anything. I like get this your year. Technician one, and we'll write. <laughs> This year, Edison got a tennis ornament because he decided that's his sport. Mm-hmm. He loves tennis. His, uh, his teacher said, I've, I've noticed a big change in Edison. Yeah. Very focused. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's got a lot of energy, really positive. Yeah. Good job. Thank and you. And I went, I'll tell my wife. Yeah. And I'll tell that, his tennis coach. That, that'll, that's who that goes to. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ben picked up fishing this year. So mm-hmm. he's got a uh, a fish that's on a hook on a fishing pole mm-hmm. with a little tackle box. And I even bought you one. I bought you a little Super Nintendo one. Oh. Yeah. I hid a Baofeng in the tree. Wow. <laughs> a full-size Baofeng. Shoved it in Not there. even an ornament. <laughs> that's what I should start doing is actually have that, like, just have a VHF radio shoved in there with an antenna sticking out of the tree. <laughs> and it's just, it's always on simplex. So you can hear just all the, the, the normal local guys. No, you shouldn't do that. That's, that's the no. Christmas dream right there. So yeah, a multitude of ornaments to commemorate you or someone you love getting a license or a higher license class. Absolutely. Uh, we have a, a ham gnome sweatshirt that uh, I, I did a whole ugly uh, Christmas sweater series. Mm-hmm. Uh, one with gnomes because I like to. I'm chill, really glad you said they're supposed gnomies. to be ugly. Yeah, they're supposed to. I be I felt ugly. bad. I'm like, wow. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> the um, <coughs> excuse me. The ham gnome one says, "May your bands be merry and open." Uh, there is a. Do you want to build a tower? It's of a snowman mm-hmm. next to a tower. A huge tower. Yeah, and in quote in uh, parentheses it says it really has to be a tower. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> then of course the ornament for resonate, irradiate, propagate. Is that a bestseller? I don't think anybody bought it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I thought about buying you one. That's the I, only like already... ornament your wife would appreciate or your you know female significant other, I assume, would uh would appreciate. I did one for appliance operators too, just because I love that logo very much. A fantastic yeah. logo. Uh there is an FT8 stocking in yes. case you didn't have your own stocking already. <laughs> yes. Uh and then there is a Christmas lights ugly. Uh, Christmas sweater. Uh, inside it says, "Will it antenna?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know that they will. So mm-hmm. that's, that's right. And uh, the last one is one of these cross stitch pattern ones that says, "Merry Christmas, you filthy hamnal," which you know you didn't like, and uh, nobody else did either. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. Well, nicely done. Well, thank your creative you. juices are flowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You had a moment of uh, respite from all the other things you got going on to make some merch that's true that's true nicely done all right moving on to the next voicemail okay maybe hello leah and josh it's drew ko4 hey drew Drew. just uh calling the voicemail net to check in not on the side of the road because i'm not angry i'm at home and this is easier than typing an email with one hand but, That's um, right, because yeah, if the, you don't, the, I, I hope Drew's arm is recovering well. Yeah. hand is going well, and I just wanted to, first of all, thank the entire HRCC community, like everyone that's kind of uh, reached out and shown some support. Um, four weeks out from surgery, the arm's feeling pretty good. Uh, they might even let me start some physical therapy in a couple of weeks. So. Oh, Fantastic. good. Drew's um, such an overachiever. Gosh, quick question. Uh-oh. I've got a TV antenna rotator that's, um, I just want to use it to turn a small, well, a horizontally polarized uh, two meter, 70 centimeter antenna. Um, but I was thinking about putting the whole thing on top of the uh, telescoping mast that my uh, vertical uh, VHF, UHF antenna is on. And the rotator will support a three foot piece of pipe. If I put the uh, horizontal uh, beam at the bottom of that three-foot pipe and put the vertical antenna at the top, do you think that will be enough spacing that those two antennas won't interfere with each other? See, told you it was a quick question. Thanks for your help. Talk to you all later. Thank you again for the podcast. Bye. Okay. I, I'm, I've got I've – got, unfortunately, I've got questions. Um, so – the reality, okay. Let me let me go back a step. the re- The reality is, is when you have VHF UHF antennas in close proximity, they will affect each other. Likely not enough that will throw the tuning off, but anything that you have that's transmitting that's also connected to an adjacent receiving antenna w- will pick that up. And most of the manufacturers will say like, hey, you know, if they're really, really close, you could probably do damage to your radio. I argue that given enough time, even relatively close proximity, they're going to affect each other. Sure. Um, 
we had K3LR on Ham Nation, and in fact, we're probably going to have him on um, in the next two weeks to close out the the year. And I, I think you know, I echo his sentiments that yeah, close enough proximity, any antenna is going to affect the other antennas, and anything connected to it, particularly when transmitting, is also going to affect um, everything in line of that. So uh, yes, it will, but it's probably not going to uh, impede upon your your forward gain that you're looking for with the Yagi. Now, the, the second thing that gave me pause was you want to use a vertical telescoping mast, so I'm assuming something that locks out, and you're going to put the rotor somewhere that's not the top. Did I understand that correct? Like it's going to be midway along the mast? Um, because I, I, the rotor is going to, you're, you're the boom. It'll of, support a three piece, uh, a three foot piece of pipe, mm-hmm. um, a horizontal beam at the bottom of that three foot pipe and the vertical at the top. Yeah. So the, the rotor, how are you going to get out of the way of the vertical mast? You're, you're going to be swinging a Yagi around and those rotors go 360 degrees. There's a vertical mass somewhere in the mix, and you've got these horizontal elements, parasitic and, and driven, that are going to get in the way of that mass. Like, you're going to hit the mass. You're going to tie up um, the rotor on those horizontal elements into the mass. I don't know how you're going to avoid that. I, I don't know. I almost need to see a drawing of what you're thinking about in this case, because... Drew... I know that it is hard for you to use your other arm. Sounds like it's healing oh, yeah. well, but uh... <laughs> could you draw this out with, with the arm you're you're dealing with? Um, maybe I misunderstand, and and I I get where you're going. I'm okay. Wait, let me take that back. Maybe he's gonna take the yagi. So the rotor's gonna go on the top of the mast. The yeah, the rotor. Okay, rotor goes on top of the mast. On top of the rotor is the Yagi. On top of the boom of the rotor is the vertical. So they're all at the top. The Yagi can free rotate. At that proximity, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be all up in each other's business. Um, that could potentially throw off tuning. I could just be spitballing all of this, and um, I I likely am as as I as I do. At the same time, I would probably say do it. I would just be cautious about your radios connected to anything that's receiving in close proximity of your transmitting antenna. Okay. I, I would, I, I hate to say this. I'm like, why don't you just put up another mast? <laughs> <laughs> put, up, put up another mast like 50 feet away and uh, and put vertical on that. And there you go. Uh, that, that would be the best solution is just get them uh, separated from each other. All right. It, it also Did depends that? on the telescoping mast. Yeah. If it's it's if it's one of the ones that lock out, like they have a like a bolt you drive in mm-hmm. and lock out the telescoping part. Yeah. And it's all galvanized metal and all that stuff, and you guy it and all that. Then yeah, it's probably going to have no problem supporting it. The problem that you run into with rotors and mass is antenna wind load. Yaggies in particular. Not good in the wind, uh, depending on their orientation and where the wind is a blowing. Mm-hmm. They'll create a lot of drag. 
and that drag is what will will push a mast over and damage a rotor any of that shear force on a rotor because a rotor is just supposed to like do this like lay it like it's just supposed to spin on yeah top, right i understand well, rotors if it's if, if you if you are spinning it and also applying side load you're going to be pushing more mm -hmm. you're going to be applying more force to one side of the bearing set sure right? and that over time will damage it right right so those those are all considerations uh, with that said, I have a TV rotor on the roof right now, and my loop antenna, my uh, receiving loop antenna is on it. That's a perfect application for it. All right. Well, hopefully that answered your question, Drew. I, and uh, I hope I did, but I think you, you probably have some more feedback there. Maybe you can fill us in. Yeah. Hope, Voice um, yeah. hope that arm heals up well. Mm -hmm. I, too, am physical therapy. Yes, this mm -hmm. is James, KI5OEB. And I'm hey, checking James. into the weekly voicemail net. Well, thank you. And Thanks I've for got the uh, two things that uh, I have to bring up. Uh -oh. that, uh, Josh and uh, and Jason from Ham Radio 2.0 have caused in my life. Oh, no. First that I'd like to bring up is the fact that. Uh-oh. He's doing CW. <laughs> I had to wait for the station to identify. First thing that I have to bring up is that uh, I, uh, because of you guys on YouTube, I'm now the uh, president-elect of oh. my local club. Congratulations. And, uh, Congratulations. I now have more work to do than I ever knew what to do with. And you now have so less time on the radio. I'm not retired, by the way. I'm still yeah. working. Mm -hmm. And number two, because of you and Jason specifically, I now own... A DX Commander. Ah, DX Commander. That's all I got for the net. Uh, I'm going to pass it off to the next guy. I believe that would be Nathan. Uh, may maybe Nate. I I don't know. Uh, we'll 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 uh, we'll talk to you, and I I hope to hear this on the podcast. You guys have fun. It's always great listening to you guys. Oh, thank you for listening. Um, Signing off. Ki five OEB. Net back to the net controller. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a jab at Jason. Yeah, five would be clear. He likes to throw a lot of jabs. I'm throwing one mm -hmm. back at him. I'm gonna take seventy five percent of the credit for him having a DX commander because I've actually built one. Who? Oh, <laughs> sick burn. <laughs> he ended up building it. No, right? it just no. It's still sitting there years later. Yeah, take that, Callum. I... <laughs> like. I know he's working on something special. I know he's working on something special. He's hinting he, at it multiple He's going to have Callum come out from England I, that's, that's my uh, hunch. to build it with him. He's literally going to fly the man out and have him build it in his backyard. Um, I, Jason, Jason is the type of guy where if you tell him he can't do something, that just empowers him. Mm -hmm. That just makes him more powerful. So now that everybody wants him to build it, it he's it, like, it is, no. It, I will not do as right. I'm told. It's become a trope. I told him that. Jason like, is an Edison. Is yeah. much. <laughs> I, I told I told Jason I'm like the DX commander has literally become like a trope, right? Like people bring it up, and you your your stalwart nature of the whole thing is just like that's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's almost like him with getting his extra too. Like he he's just like stalwart in his. In he's his, not an extra. No, he's not. I think he's also working on that too. It's gonna be—it's probably gonna be a big year, 2023 for Jason. I assume DS Commander, fresh extra, all that stuff. Wow, gets his extra, mm -hmm. and then Callum presents him with his extra. <laughs> so I've been hiding in your backyard. For the last eight hours. Your wife let me in.
pointed me to the box for the DS Commander. <laughs> and I built it. Can, can I have Callum come out and build my DX Commander too? Well, you don't trust me to build it? I mean, but Callum has that great accent. <laughs> I guess anything's possible if we fly him out here. <laughs> Callum, would you like to stay in our nine-year-old son's room? <laughs> Callum, I have, uh, I have five antennas, none of which you made. Would you just build them all for me? Because here's my bet, Callum. And then he can compare no, 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 the build no. experience. No. I mean, that's how I'll sell it to him. But like, let me just level with you, Callum. I get a lot of flack for putting up antennas. But if you do it, how can my wife complain? If it entices you anymore, Callum, my son's walls are covered in science things. He's got a periodic table. The scientific method is on a poster. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The solar Man system. M multiple globes. <laughs> how many? Yeah, so many globes. Why are there so many globes? A spaceship PlayStation. <laughs> so many globes because the only thing that would disappoint Leia and I more than anything is if our children became flat earthers. <laughs> Do you see how it is round? I <laughs> I actually did have a flat map in there, and it broke. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how serious. Yeah. The Mercator projection is a joke. <laughs> That's what Edison said. All right. <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so glad to, to be of service. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Hi, Josh and Leah. This is Kim Casey, 6ARY. Hey! And I wanted hey, to Kim Casey. the answer that was given to Tim, who has an FT891 for his portable and his bench for the moment, and he's looking for an antenna tuner. I'd like to say, never mind that LDG for that particular setup. Uh, I would get an F MFJ939Y, and here's why. Two big reasons. One, it comes with an interface cable that will plug right into oh, the 891 nice. and power the tuner off the 891. And number two, it has way more um, capacity to do digital modes. Like if you want to do mm. 25 watts uh, or even a little more on digital modes with the 891 and use the tuner for it, it'll handle it. It'll go up to 200, I think, on SSB. He doesn't need that because it's only a 100-watt rig. But um, he will hit the ceiling with the LDG. And the, the I guess there's a third reason. You can tune this. You can set the soft button, TNR, on the front of the FT891 to be used with the MFJ939Y. I don't think you can do that with the LDG. Oh. So MFJ939Y all the way for you. FT891 users, I do use it portable as well as on the bench. And I will say this about the cons on that is if you've got to have six meters on your tuner and you don't have a resonant antenna for six meters, you won't get it with the MFJ. Oh, that's a but good review, man. That's a great through review. 160. And I've done 10 and 160 on that tuner. All right. Thanks very much, Kim Casey Six Airy Seven Three. You guys, man. Well, that thanks. Was fantastic, man. Do you have a YouTube channel? He couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't. That's too good of a review in too short a time. Yeah, it's how fantastic. do you pat it out? <laughs> YouTube won't give you any views. It's too short. Yeah. 
well done. Who's Thank watching? You for the recommendation. Or I guess you could do Casey. YouTube Shorts. Yeah, you could do YouTube Shorts. There you go. Hey, Leigh and Josh, it's Ham Solo here. Kilo hey, Zero, Foxtrot, Yankee Romeo, K Fire. So, I want to let you know what I've been up to the last 10 days. Captain's Log. I, I went down and activated a park in Arizona. Nice. I already had a summit there, and so I just needed a park. So, I activated the park in Arizona. Then I went up, in, just uh, went up into Utah. Just went up to Utah. And That's all. I activated a summit and a park in Utah. Wow. Nice. And now I am in North Dakota. Just moseying on up. I did my summit activation <laughs> Now I'm in a Dakota. And I just finished a park right now with 40 contacts in about 30 what? minutes. Excellent. Uh, running 5 watt QRP Dang. from a park here in uh, North Dakota. That's amazing. And so That's really knocked good. another three states off the list. Well done. Now I have a total of, uh, I think, 25 for summit. And uh, about 29 or so uh, states activated with parks. And so the big news, I think, is uh, next week I'm going to be in Hawaii. How are you going to drive to another state from there? Park in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, first on the big island, uh, if I can. Uh, that's going to be dependent, I guess, on the volcano. <laughs> uh, and then uh, later on in that week. Don't anger Tafiti. Uh, I'll be going to uh, Honolulu. <laughs> and I'm going to try to activate from Diamond Head. Nice. nice. Honolulu. That's a nice hike, too. So yeah. that's going to be uh, the, the hard one. Uh, again, I'm only usually running the QRP. That's the only radio I have with me. Oh, that's going to so be when I get there, a fun challenge. Uh, maybe I can do FT8 if I just can't get anybody. Yeah, you might uh, have single to. Single sideband. But uh thought I'd say, hey, that's what I've been up to the last 10 days. Got three more states knocked out. And now I'm headed over to uh, Hawaii next week. So appreciate uh, what y'all do. This is Ham Solo K Zero FYR seventy three. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there just as a just as a heads up. When I, so I don't know what it's like operating HF in Hawaii, but I would make sure you had a, a handheld with you. Why don't we go in person and find out? Yeah, I would I would love yeah. that. <laughs> uh, bring an HT with you. Program some repeaters, and if you get if you get to a point you can't activate. See if you can get on the repeater. Mm -hmm. Ask for people to call you on Simplex or, or you call out on Simplex. 146.520. Make the rest of your contacts on Simplex. Just to, so you're still doing the activation. It's right. going to be locals, but who cares? You know, you right. still did it. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that would be my recommendation. But how funny is it's like, well, Soda Report couldn't activate the summit. Summit was spicy. <laughs> Summit was too spicy for activation today. Uh, so what's really nice, if if anybody's not already following Ham Solo on YouTube, yes, go do that. But this journey of activating sodas and quotas oh, in every state, you should turn your videos that you've made into a documentary. Oh, you should. Yeah. Like a, shoot a series of videos recapping memorable situations you go to a confessional room <laughs> you see well i mean you, you, technically every head on video on youtube is like a confessional no no what no. do you mean like a like a catholic church confessional no, booth? you go to you go to another uh, another place and after the fact where you're making commentary mm -hmm. on on the video mm -hmm. right like documentary a... style where you look away from the camera yeah yeah you look exactly. slightly off to the side like you're talking so to someone the park up. and the summit can't hear you Talk right. crap about it. <laughs> so this park in Jersey, it was messy. All right, it was a messy park. 
couldn't get its S together. <laughs> so, but you do need this overarching like story to tell, right? Right. Yeah. At some point, like building the journey, you have to. Yeah. The, you've got that great hook where you're like, "I love ham radio so much. I decided to cross the country right. and right. visit a park and a summit right. in every state." And right. then, boom, cut to B-roll, like yeah. some kind of time. Man, I hope you have a drone. You oh my I mean? gosh! You need a drone. Yeah, that, that would be already out there. Drone. Stop what you're doing. Get your drone pilot's license. Yeah. You can this video, okay? Because you have to do it on YouTube. You can't just be all. We can't all be Casey Neistat out here. <laughs> he's back, right? He moved back uh, he's, to New York. Well, and... yeah, he. Um, God, you know what? You know he. He I, took I watched... like a couple of years of vacation in California and then went back to hustle hard how, in New York. How again. long has it been since Casey Neistat, Neistat stopped? vlogging mm. this is a shock to me uh, over five years six years yeah crazy and he did he did 900 days yeah he beat you well, by he year. beat me in everything yeah. there's yeah. nothing he didn't beat me in although he's not a ham so you know he sucks how do not. you know Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. You know, actually, he's very eclectic. Yeah. Like that way. He could be. Yeah, He true. very much could be. I should look him up and see if he All is. All right. And we're now down to the last voicemail. Okay. We, God, we haven't yeah. got to email. Yeah. <laughs> How long is this podcast going to be? Hey, Josh and Leah. Um, it's Bryson N7HNO. Just wanted to call. Hey, Bryson. I was listening to the podcast, and it occurred to me, we've been referring to the ARRL as the American radio. No, amateur radio. American Radio Relay or Amateur Radio Relay League. No, it's American. Uh, oh, really? But I'm pretty sure it's the American <gasps> Radio Relay. It is? So no amateur in the name. Did I not say that? Anyway, just Good correction, Bryson. Um, if I, a great podcast. If I, if I said amateur, I meant American. Because I do know I'm that. I'm sure that I probably And I'm sure, said, I, I'm sure I probably screwed it yeah. up too. But yes, it is true. Okay. All right, it's time Transitioning to... to a completely Mosey. different computing device for Lana. On up the tower. <laughs> okay. Now, reminder, Leia at hamtactical.com. You can send us your emails on uh, what you think, what's going on. Tell us your ham radio journey, your questions, maybe your preparedness ideas, and, of course, the merch. So let's hit it. All right. The first email is titled amateur radio in montana and wyoming and this is from douglas on friday evening i found another video if you remember in the last podcast we talked about ham mm -hmm. the documentary yes ham, ham. <laughs> yeah that's all uh, track title ham it's on man uh, montana from the album ham yeah <laughs> montana pbs yeah the the group that does not care about seo no seo <laughs> yeah which makes sense because it's pbs yeah it's it's free, man. That's, it's free. <laughs> that's the tagline. You want ham? <laughs> you got ham. If you're looking for it, it's here. <laughs> it's look. If you're, if you're looking for it, we don't have it. We're PBS. Yeah. We have this. This is what we're offering. We're offering it's ham. The, the Aldi of programming. Yes. Okay. You expect people to stand up? <laughs> we're pbs we sit so apparently wyoming pbs uh also has unwilling to be outdone by the montana <laughs> types of pbs i 
another documentary. Could you, could you imagine the hot, the hot drama conversation? Like, <laughs> Montana's out here making a ham titled <laughs> video? <laughs> the unmitigated gall. What? <laughs> And so uh, Doug has dropped some links for us. He found a copy of the Montana ham video on YouTube. He's actually putting all of those on a playlist. All of the links that Douglas has provided um, will be in the show notes. He says he will be adding to the playlist as he finds more. And that's Douglas, uh, KI7LIK. Thank you so much, Douglas. You remember when when Darren would come over a lot and and we we would always repeat the line, I want all the ham. <laughs> That's what that is. That's what I want. I want more PBS ham. <laughs> the next email is titled, Thanks, and a question about Echolink. Mm. And this is from Stefan. Good day from northern Utah, where it's not sunny and warm, but we don't have winter field day on, and we don't have winter field day on the beach. I mean, oh, well, hey. Uh, that's that's a thing for the parentheses of the country. I, I mean, guess. one could argue the Great Salt Lake has a beach. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Look, that's an idea for you mm-hmm. for Winter Field Day. Yeah. I wanted to say thank you for fostering such an amazing community, particularly on Discord. I think I mean, that I had part of it to do with it. But, but the credit really goes to, goes to the, the admin and mod team the, the admins, and all the, the members mods. that are like showing up every day, answering questions. Just that whole community is like, we are here to help. No, no shame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not the, uh, the driver of this ship uh, on Discord. Yeah. I know that. I'm, I'm, it, it has my name on it, but it's all of you that make it happen. Mm-hmm. From my experience in the firearms. I love the concept of a driver of a ship, too. That is not even the right yeah. <laughs> I got the steering wheel of the ship. Where do you want to head this thing? <laughs> Is this going to valet or what are we I've doing? Got a, um, I've got to turn my blinker on. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my fog lights on. Or <laughs> do I, uh, is the trunk release for the sale or what are we doing here? <laughs> the tillerman, if you will. The tiller of the ship. From uh, my experience in the firearms community, which can be a bit caustic sometimes as opinions can run deep. And oh, often we have that be- same cost. Yeah. Same. Same. And, and as someone who has come from the firearms community and know a ton of amazing people in that community, yeah. there are great communities that exist there, too. But we, we do take the compliment. So, so yeah. thank you. Uh, can run deep and often be conveyed as immutable fact. The ham community you have brought together is very accepting and supporting. It is a breath of fresh air. It, we are among a few other communities in exception to the rule, I have to say. Mm-hmm. The, the ham community can be just like the firearms community in a lot of ways. I am a really green amateur radio operator and it was and was really nervous to engage the community. But everyone has been awesome. Special sh- shout out to Socks Girl, KC1OHT. I don't have a radio saving up for the FT5DR and don't really want to Baofeng, but wanted to get on the air. So I was asking on the Discord crew, uh, asking the Discord crew about Echolink and how it worked. KC1OHT. Uh, met me on the server and helped me make my first contact via echo link from my phone shout out to socks girl way to go it was her and that brings my question to my uh, brings me to my question about echo link yes i feel like i have scoured the internet looking for info and instruction and walkthrough on echo link but there hasn't been a whole lot 
I'm sure I missed a hidden nook or cranny somewhere it's hiding. What are your thoughts on Echolink as a tool for noobs to, quote unquote, get on the air as an alternative to a cheap radio? Mm-hmm. Do you have any videos about Echolink? My experience so far, only a couple of days, is that it seems to be one of the lesser used tools in the it's, operator's arsenal. It's true. Especially from experienced hands. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have to, God, I, and this is going to be a, a story in itself. When I, when I started out in amateur radio, or when I was the most uh, active on um, two meters and 70 centimeters, I was trafficking in repeaters that are not your traditional repeaters. The folks there are quick keyers, and it is uh, he who has the strongest signal strength is the one that talks kind of group, mm -hmm. you know, like not necessarily what we advocate for amateur radio. And uh, surly is probably an inappropriate uh, term. So they had Echolink. They may still do. I know they have P25 connection as well. Um, but so the problem with Echolink, and, and this is a problem that, that is going to be omnipresent in all, in all repeaters, is that there's latency in um, using right, Echolink. Right. Even if you are next to the repeater and you tried to use Echolink, what Echolink is, is an internet-enabled connection to the repeater using a voice app that is on your phone. Mm -hmm. So every time you hold down PTT to start talking, it takes some amount of time for the repeater itself to key up and allow you on Echolink to transmit. And if there's already an active talking person on the repeater via their radio, they win. Sure. So the repeater traffic has to give a wide berth to people that are active in Echolink. What my experience has been with Echolink is that when it is a very busy repeater with a lot of people talking, unless the, the net ops, if they're running a net or the people that are on there are giving the appropriate time for um, Echolink to come in, they generally can't. Because they're constantly getting knocked out by the active participants that are on the repeater. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're doing it consciously. They're just being repeater users. And so with the repeater, you know, that I'm talking about, th there was just very little way that Echolink was getting in there unless someone made the conscious moment to say, hey, everybody, chill, let so-and-so on Echolink come on. Mm -hmm. And then we'd all wait and they'd talk and blah, blah, blah. Echolink is a good tool for a new ham, right? The advantage given that they can go to pretty much any repeater anywhere that supports Echolink because it's tied to the internet, right? Mm. You can tunnel. I can be in California and I can talk on a Florida repeater, for instance. Yeah. And I've I done mean, that. I've done that. If you're somebody who really likes ham radio for the uh, the ability to like talk to people or meet new people mm -hmm. uh you know you're using ham radio in a way as a social network right then it's probably fantastic it can be so long as everybody understands that hey you are on echo link and and therein lies kind of the rub because if, particularly for a new ham that that may feel a little apprehensive about getting on the air and they maybe have a little bit of mic fright and all that stuff echo link is somewhat stacking the deck against them Right. 
Oh, so you're saying it'll be a way frustrating experience. It, it, it can be more frustrating. I know that is true. Um, but at the same time, there are repeaters that are different than the ones that I've experienced. Um, there are repeaters even here in Southern California that are way more open to that. And they have a, a point in their net where they actually stop and take echo link check-ins. It, it's becoming more prevalent in that case, which is great. And, and so as always, uh, you should explore those spaces. Here's the second kind of issue with echo link. It's like a fire hose. When you pull up echo link, it just gives you the call signs of the repeaters in the mm. entire region, world, country, etc. If you don't know specifically what you're trying to go to or who you're trying to connect to or the repeater you're trying to go on, it can be difficult to find one that is going to be commensurate with you being able to communicate with them. Right. Right. So I would are I would say for for those of you know new hams that are that are looking into Echo Link, by the way, you, you should download it and have it in your phone and have it set up because it's just one extra layer of preparedness you have in your in your quiver of capabilities. Your but quiver. Quiver, yeah. Good yeah. good word. Good good use, yeah. In your uh hawkeye quiver. N not hawkeye. Just, <laughs> just a proper leather quiver of, of technical capabilities. I would have you focus on repeaters that you are actually local to because then you're talking with local people in your community and you could build a rapport with them. Mm. That seems like a good place to start. If you, however, are talking to people on the internet like Discord, our Discord, and they want to do something on Echolink, then yeah, for sure, go to their repeater and, and have a have a blast, have fun. Absolutely, go nuts. Uh, just, you know, keep keep that in mind, as always, is that you, you generally should, when capable, build a good ham radio rapport with local hams. And if you can do that over Echo Link and with your local repeaters, then more power to you. That's I think that's good. Uh, at the same time, I don't get on Echo Link very much because I've got radios, right? So uh, comment taken. I probably should make an Echo Link video. So I will literally... I will literally make a note here for Josh to go do that. So okay. there you go. You made it onto the show, the recommended show ideas list. All right. Well, Stefan signs off. Thanks again for what you were doing to bring amateur radio to the masses. I've been listening to the podcast from as far back as the end of 2020 oh, and watching your channel since I you. passed my tech in October and have learned a ton. I have appreciated the jokes between you two, like the evil beloved touch lamp and the cougar can. It's awesome. So you, again. You, you know all the inside jokes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that you emailed in back then, but I'll just give you one. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's been a while, and, and thank you for joining the ranks, and uh, appreciate you out there. And that's 73s from KM3AGN, Stefan. I hope it's uh, Stefan and not Steven or something else. Apologies. Stefan Urkel. That was who Yeah. Was. <laughs> and uh, look forward to Josh answering more of your question with a video. Mm. Yeah. You're going to have to wait a bit. Yeah. Echo Link isn't the uh, the hottest thing on my on my pile right now. Sure. All right. Smoldering, maybe. <laughs> Smoldering. The next email is titled "Help Me Decide." Oh wait, can, wait, yeah. is it time? Can I <laughs> let me spend your money? And this is from Raphael. Hello, Leah and Josh. My name is Raphael, and I am a regular viewer of HRCC and frequent listener of the pod. Oh, well, thank you so much. I left a. How do you, how do you not get tired of me? 
<laughs> I'm annoying over a great enough distance. I don't know how Leia stuck around this long. Well, it's because I love you. Wow. <laughs> whatever I'm doing, guys, I should bottle it. <laughs> also, you take the kids to school in the morning. <laughs> That's it? Wow. Sometimes... Sometimes women are that easy, guys. <laughs> you got to find a woman who just appreciates you getting the kids out of the house. <laughs> find you a woman who will let you make children, then get them out of the house. <laughs> well, you also pick them up a lot. Sometimes yeah. I bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> and you take them to Cub Scout meetings. So oh, That is sometimes most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take the compliment. Thanks. <laughs> I left a review over on Apple Podcasts a couple of months ago that was read on the air. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for thank that. Thank you for doing that. And I wanted to follow up and let you know that I passed my general oh, on October 11th. Yeah. Congratulations. We are clicking that button a ton this episode. Very, very exciting. I feel like this button has gotten, it wasn't even working the last couple of episodes. <laughs> but we are clicking the the heck out of this thing i've had a shagu g90 that i love uh, and i love that radio but i feel that now <gasps> i need to upgrade oh boy. to a more competent rig um, i've okay. been using the iq out of the g90 to see the waterfall on sdr <laughs> number sdr <coughs> hashtag okay and i think i'm finally done with that solution as they're is a lot of artifacts oh, present on the IQ display. out. So he was using that into a, into an external SDR. Got, got it. Got it. Got it. The G90 is going to be my field radio. Good. For weeks, I was convinced I wanted an ICOM IC7300. Oh, here we go. This is the big, this is the big uh, conundrum. But last night, oh boy, I decided to watch your review of the Yesu FTDX10, as well as the newer FT710, yeah. now I'm torn. Mm -hmm. The 7300 is very popular, but it's yes. coming up on five years, while Yesus are much newer. Mm -hmm. By the end of the 710's review, it was pretty clear you liked it, but weren't wholeheartedly endorsing it. Also, I read that the Yesus draw about twice as many amps on RX than the 7300. Is that supposed to be DX? Uh, RX, RX, receive. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Meaning non-transmit. Gotcha. That That's a very important thing to consider is how much power any radio just in its ambient receive state draws. Gotcha. Do they offer any additional functionality as a result? In this case, in case this matters, the antennas are an off-center fed inverted V dipole tuned for 80 to 10 meters, 35 feet above ground, as the manufacturer recommended, and an N-fed half wave with 66 mm. of wire sitting 10 foot below. I also have a GRA 1899 that's fussy as all hell's tune up. Should I continue to bother with it or get rid of it? Uh, wait, go. Okay. Let me answer the okay. last question yeah. first. So what was the antenna question? Uh, he said, in case it matters to, um, no, the fussy antenna. Tell me that again. Oh, it's a GRA 1899. That's fussy as all hell to tune up. Uh, continue to fuss with it or kick it to the curb. Okay. GRA 1899 looks like an MFJ antenna. Um, this is, uh, 1899. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, by the way, so if you're so inclined, 
I did a deep dive on this antenna and many of its similar brethren in okay. diagnosing the issues with it. Mm. The the GRA ninety nine and other rate antennas like it, it's a it's a coil base okay. that has tap points. And you use a wire. Remember we talked about shorting out wire and, okay. and adjusting coil antennas? Okay. That you're literally electrically shorting it. You're you're yeah. jumping over a ton of the coils. Okay. That's what the 1899 does. So in my live stream and, and in all my testing and stuff that I did, um, I, I found that the best solution for all of these radio antennas is to have a robust and large radial system underneath them. Okay. A very, very good ground plane that they can all work off of. And then they do pretty good. So it's really dependent on you in, in the wire that you put underneath it. And and by underneath it, I mean the wire that connects to the shield of your coax. Okay. They will do much better, much, much better if you give them a good radial solution. So there's there's that question answered. So does he continue? Uh, well, the the question about the Yesus drawing more amps well, to I, offer I, additional functionality. Yeah. So is he done? Uh, there's a later question about a spider beam, but okay. I want you to address the radio stuff first. There's so many things right here. So <clears throat> I've reviewed the FTDX10. I have reviewed the FT710 and... I have been a longtime ICOM supporter, and I have always tried to be open in my feelings and support of radios because I mm -hmm. think they're all good. Everything that's available on the market right now is really good. Right. I will be straight up honest with everybody because, you know, the bias question comes up all the time. I have more of a relationship with ICOM. Right. They obviously sponsor Ham Nation. That was something that I kind of adopted when I took it on. We're obviously heavily supported by ICOM, right. which I appreciate. I love ICOM. My my uh, and ICOM doesn't just do stuff with you. They are just a oh, massive supporter of, of all things ham radio. They're yes. out there sponsoring clubs. They're out there yes. sponsoring events. They they do a ton. They in the community now. I, I'm. I. I will not say Yesu does not do this. I know they do. I just think that ICOM is out there more prevalently than Yesu is. Yeah. The ICOM seven hundred five is my favorite radio, bar none. Favorite radio. Okay. So he said I did not have a glowing review of the seven ten at the end of my video. Part of that was because I didn't want to flavor it with anything other than objective fact or objective demonstration mm -hmm. that I did in the video. Let's just lay it all out. The 7300 was the radio, is the radio, that made software-defined radios in both transmit and receive the commonplace. Okay. It is one of the most popular radios that has ever been released and will be remembered as being just a, a good all-around radio. With that said, the Yesu radios have come later. So purely because they are newer, their capabilities are going to be upgraded in the sense. Right. Right. Just 
that that's just the nature of technology. The FTDX10 is better than the 7300. It has discrete RF components in the front end that actually are very usable. Um, and I really enjoyed using that radio. It's larger than the 7300, the FTDX10, but I, I really do like that, that radio in particular. Now, the 710 is pretty much a direct competitor to the 7300. Yesu may not like me saying that, but that's literally what it is. It's like they said, here's the 7300, let's make a newer version of the 7300 and then throw the Yesu UI on top of it and the standard controls for it, and here's some of the same dials and whatnot that Yesu uses, and here you go, here's the radio. And if you look at the Sherwood report for receiver capability, he has ranked them all like top one, I think it's one, three, and four, or something along those lines with their uh, top of the line $4,000 radio being like number one right now. Mm -hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, Yesu technically in the performance category is probably the highest out of the list. Okay. From my point of view, I've always kind of said anything that's in the top 20 is to the point that human ears can't really appreciate the difference. Sure. So it really, to me, if, if we go back to the idea of all the radios that are out and available right now that you can buy are really good. Then for me, it comes down to user control and how you use it. The interface, that the you interfaces, like, literally the the on screen the on screen touch capability of the of the menus, and then the actual physical controls and dials. That has become the paramount, most important thing. I mean, it's, it's to me. It's almost like Android versus Apple, it, it, right? It is, but I almost, I almost take it to the level of like a car. At this point, do mm. you do you just drive off the lot without test driving a car? Some people do. I'm about mm. to do that, um, but generally, you, you test drive it. You try it out, mm -hmm. right? So while it's true that the 7300 is five years old, and if you're just strictly going on like current technology and what's available and performance, then both of the Yesu radios are newer and therefore, quote unquote, better than the 7300, just purely from that factor right. alone. The problem, and it's not a problem, it's just a difference of what you enjoy. Their interfaces are vastly different. Right. Yesu interfaces are, this is my personal opinion, not as good as ICOMs. Sure. I prefer the ICOM interfaces. I think they're better aligned, better organized, etc. Is that interface so good that you would pick a five-year-old radio over a brand new radio? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. I think the, the question is, do you just go ahead and wait for the next? I mean, pregnant pause as I drink. Um, I have no insider information. I don't know. Like I, I, I will tell you the insider information I have, which is, you know, I literally talk about it on the live streams and all that stuff. I, I don't have any insider information on ICOM. If they're working on a new radio, I don't, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, so don't I they have to be? Like... I mean, okay. So, so this is, this is me. This is me not giving you insider information. This is me like telling you how ham radio works generally favorite word every five years is about the cycle time 
for a radio. Okay. If you think about the manufacturing, the R&D, the software development now, all of that stuff, right, it's like a five-year cycle time. So a, a cell phone, right, like a, an iPhone, what do they have, like a new iPhone every year? right yeah. sometimes less than that yeah exactly new laptops new ipads new android everything every year year cycle time boom 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 galaxies samsung's all that stuff they can do that because they have a much larger market right of people buying this stuff ham radio doesn't have that so the radios have to live on the market for like five years to and and this is an assumption this isn't like ICOM and Yesu said, yes, Josh, you know, what you're saying here is correct. This is more like if you looked at it like an aggregate over time. Sure. That over the course of five years, that's generally what it takes for a radio to completely recoup its expenses, all that stuff, make profit for the company. So they could then buy, not buy, but manufacture the new radio, develop, manufacture, right, et cetera. Right, right. And that time starts before that five-year mark. Right, they start looking into doing the new radio. So is there a 7300 replacement around the corner? Don't know. I have no idea. At the same time, are we at a point where I think you wait? No, because we just came out of this whole crazy ship. Sh We're still in the chip shortage. Right. So what you have available right now is, my feeling, probably the, the best you're going to get for a good two years, I'm guessing. If it were me and you could... You, you were you were like, hey, I'm a brand new ham. I want something that's really good that's going to last me a long time. Mm -hmm. And let's say you were staunchly in the Yesu camp. Okay. You're like, I want the new radio. I'd probably save the money and get the FTDX10. I think it's I think it's a better radio. Um, I, that's just that's just my personal opinion between the between the 710 and the FTDX10. The 710 is also very good, but and and hear me out. You're only paying like a couple of hundred dollars more to get the roofing filters and some of those discrete RF components pre-SDR. Okay. Which is kind of a thing that's going to be going away in the future. And SDR technology hasn't really developed to the point that, that mimics that type of stuff, the discrete RF front end. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this on the FTDX10, so please go watch that review because I, I think I did an okay job at it. So if it were me... I would probably say if you want the newest, latest, greatest, the highest ranking radio that's on the Sherwood Report, that kind of thing, then you're probably looking at an FTDX10 if you don't want to drop the 4K for a uh, MP101D, which, I mean, I don't – I don't – I'm not going to argue on that behalf. Um, yeah, All right. Kind well, of – yeah, kind of, kind well, of a Raphael, tough question. Hope that, <laughs> hope that helped. Everybody yeah. listening, if you're worried about or wondering about that, there you go. Well, Raphael says, lastly, how would you use a 12-meter spider beam telescoping mast with the N-fed half wave for DXing? The matching transformer is too heavy for the mast, and I'm afraid I'm going to snap the section. Inverted V. Okay. And and um, you, could, you could probably, if you were so inclined, uh, by the way, once upon a time before 3D printers, what we used to do was go down to the Dollar Tree and buy a, a plastic cutting board. Okay. <laughs> and then we would take a saw and and hog out the thing we wanted to, you know, use, and then that was the that was the replacement part. You could go to like Dollar Tree and get yourself like a one of those, you know, opaque white cutting boards. It's like a what, a quarter inch thick, that kind of thing. Okay. Right? 
and you could hog out a hole that's the dimension of um of your not you can't use the top elements of that mass most likely you're gonna have to use one that's a little bit lower something a little bit thicker that's not gonna bend as much mm -hmm. hog it out you know make the right dimension hole and then make like two or three holes or just one hole and use a a, a thread or a, a dacron line i like dacron run your wire through that and then just do an inverted V. So transformer towards the ground, uh, wire goes, if you go watch my video on tuning an infant antenna, same concept. Get a wire up in the air, inverted V style. So transformer on the ground comes up to the pinnacle, the top of the, the apex of the, you know, the, the mast, and then comes back down as a triangle to the ground. And you want to use insulators on the side that is the end of the antenna. Ideally, that should be high enough up, so you may need a tree for this, that human beings aren't going to interact with it. Because that's where the, the the dangerous parts of the antenna are, that tip okay. antenna at the other end. With that said, assuming that everything's safe, an inverted V is totally fine. And and you'll an antenna will work just great with that. All right. Well, that sounds like a great answer, Josh. Doing my best. <laughs> Raphael How delicately off. I had to walk the Yesu and Icon. Th <laughs> thank you for all you do for the hobby. And thank you for practically being a mentor to me. It was your channel that got me going in this hobby after years of procrastination oh, 73 good. from kq for bpz Raphael in miami florida yeah I, I i i don't know how to best answer those icom yesu questions because it's tough because it, the only way i think i can do it is just like lay everything out on the table and then just talk it out and just kind of like try and point people to the direction that will best suit them but most of the time i think it's like you got to go try the radios, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did I do okay with that? Really? Line? Yeah, really great question, though. Did I Did I do okay? Yeah, line? you did. You did better than I would have. Okay. So <laughs> I'm trying here because, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, like, if you're close to a ham radio store, a Gigaparts, a DX Engineering, a ham radio outlet, of course, they're the, they're yeah. the most prevalent, go and try the radios because, again... Do you test drive a car first or do you just drive it off the lot? I don't know. Maybe you do. Um, but hey, if it was go my money. A, go out to a winter field day with the local ham yeah, club. Yeah, meet up with a local ham club. Go go try the radios if you know if they're willing or or just kind of watch them, I guess, closely. I yeah, yeah. Really you you need to you need to get some stick time. And that's a that's an old uh plane Let's reference. Stick time. Pilots. Oh. it's a stick. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the next email is titled Analyzers, EBT, and Obscenities. And oh. this is from Corey. Oh, man. I'm writing to you from Georgia. Can you get, a, can you get an analyzer on EBT? <laughs> no. Can I take my EBT to Ham Radio Outlet? <laughs> no. Not that I have EBT or anything, but I could, I, I could try <laughs> if that's an option. I'm writing to you from Georgia, and I have been informed that someone at this email address has been using my call sign. Please cease and desist. <laughs> Hey, Josh Those in Leia. Georgia know that. Yeah. Well, everybody, I guess, knows, but yeah. I don't email often, but I am a faithful listener. Thanks for all you guys do. Thank you, Corey, for listening. The new format is really good. However, Thank I, was, you. I was hoping you guys were going to the other direction, maybe an 8 to 12 hour podcast. What? I drive over the road and your podcast helps me get through the miles. Oh, man. Over the road trucker. I wish we had like a... 
a honk, you know. (laughs) That's within your abilities. I realize that this would cut into your personal lives, but I can't be bothered to worry about you when my entertainment hangs in the balance. I got an email from someone like that today. Just just today, two days of emails with this person, very unhappy with how I'm handling something. (laughs) But seriously, yours is the podcast that I look forward to the most each week. Well, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Go ahead. um, Pretend I'm a, a child in a school bus giving you the... Yeah. The vertical hand pull. Yeah. Uh, and give me two quick honks from that beautiful, beautiful horn. I, You know what? I recently showed the kids to do that. They were like, what do you mean? Dude, the, the truckers love this. Yeah. We learned. There was a blog that truckers were saying, school kids don't do this anymore. Bring it back. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, my arm. Do the thing. Yeah. Last week, a gentleman was upset about a curse word that was used on your podcast. I understand his point because I also have a daughter, although she's 12 now. I understand his point, And I do try to keep things G-rated for her in general. However, your podcast is not, I repeat, not obscene in any way, shape, or form. In all episodes, and I have listened to them all, I remember one curse word. My feeling is that if this podcast can interest his daughter in STEM subject at the cost of one curse word a month versus the school system in which she probably hears 30 curse words a day a minute and minimum STEM I would choose the podcast in Uh, truth you know what I couldn't say that but you did and you're yeah. right. You said all the things I wanted to say. In truth, I feel that you folks bend over backwards not to be offensive. We kind of do. I mean, I am upside down. We're pretty. We try. All to I've be been wanting to do is curse. Oh, yeah, this really time. holding back. <laughs> as far as the EBT program goes, I have had a change of heart over the years. In the past, I would never have taken any government program unless my life depended on it. Although I am not eligible for the program. But now, if I were, I would absolutely take advantage of it. I look at it this way. One, the government wastes exorbitant amounts of my tax dollars on ridiculous projects. (laughs) At least this makes a modicum of sense. What? No. Two, if I apply for the program and I'm accepted, then the government says I am in need of it. And who am I to argue with those that believe that they are far more intelligent than I? I like it. I like the way you frame that. I'm like, I'm with the government constantly. <laughs> Three, the EBT program is not charity. Charity is given from the heart. This money is taken from us by force. So if I oh, apply I legally, love this man. Uh, the, the, the words, the fill choices. Fill out the application honestly and I'm accepted into the program, then as far as I'm concerned, this is simply a tax rebate. Enough said. So you know what's interesting? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, so great, in my great. family... Um, during, did I talk about this last week? How my family, um, my family came in waves. Yes. All kind of during that post Vietnam war period. Makes sense. But the first portion of my family to be adopted over was actually my grandfather's brother's Mm -hmm. family. Okay. Right. And well, maybe not the first, but definitely a large contingent of the family. Sure. Because um, it was someone in that branch of the family married a man who worked in aerospace. I remember meeting this man. Yes. 
and he adopted every single he, he was, one of the other like family members in that branch yeah. over. They all ended up in like Bakersfield Visalia area. Well, I, this he was a he was a nice guy. So nice. Yeah. So kind, right? Uh just the really the most honorable of men too. Mm. You know what I mean? Like imagine being like it's just a straight-laced American guy, like working in aerospace, a history of, you right. know, all of those things. And then falling in love with a woman and deciding her family is my family and I'm I'm going to do for her family anything that I would do for my own. Let, let's, yeah. let's make him the white knight instead of what that term means now. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. But... And my mom tells me this story in the context of why you shouldn't install a pool in your backyard because it's bad feng shui or whatever. What does that have to do with where we're going? Mm, well, I'm getting to it. Oh, boy. Hmm. Pregnant pause. Um, they ran through his money. Oh, okay. And I think it was a, a portion of n not like intentionally like taking advantage of him, mm -hmm. but... This arm of the family kind of has a history of like trying to open various businesses that don't succeed. Okay. And so even my parents have given them a significant amount of money on loan, which basically means we're giving this to you and we're never seeing right, it again, right? right? right, right. Um, did the same thing with him. Mm -hmm. But they installed this pool, spend like, I don't know, what uh, the equivalent of $100,000 today, oh. right? Okay. Okay. Oh, thank you. Today. Pool, yeah. Okay, today. Today. Um, on the backyard, mm -hmm. right? And everything quickly goes downhill from there. And so, what is everything? Their what finances. The, the pool did it. That's what my mom alleges. Oh, okay. Yeah, but <laughs> there's always money in the pool. <laughs> so, his wife ended up going to apply for EBT, like welfare. And when he received the check, he was so incensed and ashamed, mm -hmm. he sent the check back. Oh, man. Okay. Right. And um, and they were just both upset at each other. Right. Him for, uh, like, not accepting, you know, she was upset with him for sending the check back. R right. He was upset with her for applying. This is a man who worked his entire career. Mm-hmm has like a pension you're talking about a skilled individual yeah like technically mentally skilled yeah. like a a right yeah marketable uh, skills that he had. exactly yeah. and he was retired mm -hmm. so uh that that was a really tough time and eventually they did just have to accept the welfare checks because mm -hmm. the the ends were not being met oh so they were depleting his money when he was pensioning yeah Oh, wow. I'm, I'm assuming it's a debt, too. What's a debt? <clears throat> like, mean? he was paying out for debts oh, as oh, well. Oh, oh, like, oh, credit that they open? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's... Okay. Wow. That's uh, sad times for that guy. Story. That's, that's yeah. yeah, what a good guy, too, to hear that. I, I, I'll go back to my comment on, like, you... Um, it, it's just like everything. If you've waited until the last moment, going to the doctor, mm -hmm. doing anything... Fixing your car, if you've waited to the point of no return, 
then your damages are going to be more than if you were just proactive in the beginning and said, I should do something about this. Well, I mean, it's tough. I think there's a lot of different family dynamics. Anyway, I, I, I agree. I agree. All that being said, I just want to note mm -hmm. that this is a huge shift in mentality mm -hmm. in because like literally for from as far back as I can remember, there was this element of shame, oh, yeah. especially in the like white American community. Oh, yeah. It's like a it's like a pride matter. Yeah. It's a yeah. And so and that was kind of one of the linchpins, right? That if you were ashamed to be on welfare, that you would work as hard as you could to get off of it if you needed it. That was a term you I did heard. Yeah. everything you could to avoid getting on welfare. Right. 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 So and this is kind of like an amazing shift that we're watching in society where we're moving to, I have no problems taking this money back. Right. And I, I don't necessarily think it's good for society to take this attitude yeah, I, that this government owes me the money because they took it back. They took it from me in the first place. Well, so interesting. And this is no offense, obviously, yeah, no, to no, Corey at no. all. And, and, and we're obviously retreading ground that we already talked about a little bit. But yeah. but I, I, I hear where you're coming from. And it, it's really weird because perception is reality, right? So we have this perception that's like, oh, yeah, no, we don't want to be a, a drain on the government because blah, blah, blah. But I think like as our representative government has progressed into whatever it exists as today, it's almost like the, the king has no clothes. The emperor has the, no clothes. Yeah, the emperor yeah. has no clothes. Mm -hmm. What once was this like very, I don't know, posh look and vision that we had of our leaders, mm -hmm. that no longer exists. I yeah, think because th people don't trust the leaders anymore. Well, no, I think yeah. they're just realizing that they're really not that different from us. They just committed to a uh, a life of a a career, service. a yeah. career of being a politician. Right. I think we're all coming to the vast and f quick realization. It wasn't that some great. They're not smarter than us on their part. It's they're just not... what they did. Yep. It was the thing that they woke up at eight a.m. and went. Well, not eight, well, no, actually, for them maybe, uh, <laughs> and went to work. Uh, and then just kept doing it. They were nose to the grindstone, not laboring or getting technical information to build something. They were a politician, right? And they've just been doing that their entire life. Well, not just that. I think that we've also come to learn that it's um, the people who were just willing to do it, right? Oh, like, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that goes back to my... It, they decided this is my career and I'm going to do it. It doesn't mean they were bit. They didn't take a test to achieve this. They just decided this is the way. Well, I mean, at, at a point in time, it used to be that our politicians were people who were very experienced in certain areas, that the politics were something that they took a break from what they were good at to go do. Yeah. I mean, that that you'd, you'd have to go pretty far back down the forefather ladder to get to that point. Sure. You know what I mean? Particularly presidents. Um, By far back, our nation is pretty young as a nation to begin with. But um, I, I get your point. I don't think you're wrong. But you're we're literally in the world of career politicians right now. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. And that's, you know, and 
and that's this is no jab against my friends who have pursued careers in yeah, politics. Kind of, well, I'll I'll say it's kind of a jab. I know you don't mean it that way, but I kind of do feel that way. I can see it in them. I can see it as they jump from like, I'm going to be a PTA board president, and then I'm going to get to the school board. And then from the school board, I'm going to make a run to council, and then city council. And then from there, I'm going to try and get a county job. And from county, I'm going to try and get to the state somehow. It, there's mm-hmm. literally a path that people make. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are and, and California is the sixth largest economy in the world. But I mean, that's not that many jumps. And then all of a sudden you're like balling out of control uh, on the on the government fund, basically. But I do know a large number of people who get into politics um, like school board or city council because they see something is going wrong in their community. You and I are literally thinking about the same person and you making that argument. And yes, altruism high. Right. But you can't separate the, the living. Well, have to sustain life, have to make money doing this. And eventually, you can make your hobby a career. Yeah. Right? That's kind of how I feel when I look at politicians is that it starts out as kind of a hobby. Mm. <laughs> and I don't mean hobby like I do ham radio. I mean it in the it's sense of like. what you do like, in your free time outside it, like, of your what job. If I, what if I made my free time my job? What if I made the thing I do on my free time that I that – I, pour my heart into well this is th- what if i this turn is, that into this my is job what I, uh, this is kind of what i'm getting at mm-hmm. there was a time where our legislature wasn't built to be a full-time job people went and did other things they did their career and then would then just join for the periods of time where they were voting on things i, I guess it depends on the level of government you're talking about but at the federal level that stopped existing a long time ago that that hasn't been a thing. Well, yeah, I mean that's why like senators and whatnot they get they get paid like salaries. Right? Yeah, I mean you you can't like go back you, you can't go back to working the farm for four years and then come out and be like okay now it's time to like uh, get a bunch of money and fundraise and now I'm going to the federal level. Well, I mean that's I mean? the problem. The whole campaign. Oh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Pro- Anyways, this we're too. See where far we're going. Track, see where, yeah, see what you did far. here, Leah. See what you did. Yeah, I just you did this. Did I or did Corey do this? Corey, I'm just <laughs> let's blame Corey. You're right. You're right. I'm just let's kidding, put Corey. the blame squarely obvi- where it belongs. It's obviously all on me. I, I can <laughs> I'm appreciate it. I'm a willing yeah. participant. <laughs> hey, Josh, it was very opportune that you brought up the subject of antenna analyzers. Mm. Just as I was about to research the same subject, I was looking at both the Rig Expert and the Nano VNA. Other than price, what are the differences? I would need to go from HF. Uh, up to two meters at least from mm-hmm. what i can see the rig expert would be five hundred dollars versus the nano vna at about 60 or 70 yes one is a stocking stuffer which would fit wonderfully in an ft8 pattern stocking we sell on <laughs> hamtactical.com so fifty dollars is like you could easily put that on your wish list and no one would bat an eye at that right well okay i take this back most people wouldn't like depending on your close proximity of your family that's a gift right an easy yeah. gift mm-hmm. and guess what it does all the things okay. it just doesn't do them as conveniently okay. as as the rig expert does uh, you're literally paying for convenience well he says i may have the opportunity to use these tools in a somewhat professional environment in the near future and i'm oh, trying to decide on question. which route to go of course i would like to see 
have the least expensive if it does the same thing. But on the other hand, I also tend to prefer buy once, cry once. <sighs> okay. So the thing... So if you're buying a tool to make money on, right, now you're talking about how to recoup your expenses. Does this potentially get your job done faster? Does it get you more jobs? Well, I mean, I think I think this is the question. It does the five hundred dollar mm-hmm. rig expert outperform uh, perform the nano VNA and either efficiency or user experience to the point that in the amount that he may need to use it would mm-hmm. be worth it. So what we don't have here is the amount he needs to well, use it. Somewhat professional environment. So he's probably using it quite often. Okay. So the the answer to the question is, yes, it is more efficient to use. And it is more pleasant to use, the Ray expert. There you go. The question is, how then is the cost offset? Because you're talking about literally $50 to $500. Right. Right. So that's really a, a personal decision to make there with that said there are can you just write it off this this is a joke that you don't get from uh from uh, schitt's creek but wait i'm sorry i i I thought that was a jab at me because i've definitely said that before to you i'm like can't we just write this off like what's the problem (laughs) it's like but you still have to pay for it no i'm writing it off don't you understand i'm writing it off i i cease to remember me spending money for this I got it all back. Who was paying for it? I got it all back. I know. I wrote it off. Write it off. That's right. I wrote it off. Who pays for it? I don't know. The government when you write it off. I got EBT. (laughs) Again, Rig Expert is uh, now a part of the EBT system. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, they they both do similar things. You can connect both of them to your computer. The stick gives you Bluetooth so you can use your phone in the field, which the Rig Expert, the, the Nano VNA does not do. So from like a guy in the field, okay, here I am, I am in the field, and I need to tune in an antenna. What an analyzer. I'm just a guy in a field. I'm just a guy in a field. Trying to tune an antenna. With an antenna he loves. (laughs) Calling out to the antenna. Won't you tune yourself? And the antenna says, no, (laughs) you will tune me. Um, I would take the rig expert. And and I can connect it to my phone over Bluetooth, and I can get a larger plot if I needed that. But most of the time, I, I don't. Yeah. So it it he didn't specify which rig expert, but depending on which rig expert, my answer does change subtly. But maybe that's not. Maybe we can leave it at that. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, we can make it here right now if we wanted to. I don't know that we need to. Corey says, lastly, in your ham, new ham radio sitcom, I would like a part. I can play the drunken OM screaming at the clouds on 80 meters. Contact my agent for CV and headshot. Thanks okay, again. I can't, I can't promise SAG points, but um, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be in touch if that if we get this if we get this bad boy off the ground. <laughs> Thanks again for all the hours that the both of you put into entertaining hours? us heathens and say hello to edison and ben for me Corey kc0 krk ps to help you see your way clear to read this on the podcast please find enclosed within this email a crisp 20 dollar bill nice Corey. i don't see the 20 dollar bill you know what'd be funny is that (coughs) if we end the podcast 
<laughs> and we just go into the children's room and we just shake him awake and said, Corey says hi. <laughs> you have school tomorrow. Get back to sleep. Why you wake? Get back to sleep. Why'd you wake up? <laughs> so mean. All right. The next email is titled, Radios are more important than I thought. <laughs> and this Welcome. is... Well- <laughs> Welcome to the club, man. Yeah. And this is from Adam. Watching the diehards because it's Christmas and I'm starting to realize. The diehards. How. All of them? Important radios are to emergency services. Basically, the whole premise of Die Hard 2 is domination of the radio space. I'm a crap book learner, so I've scheduled an in-person class registration. Thanks, Hosh, or whatever. You guys are awesome. Oh, maybe Thanks, we should, Adam. Maybe we, we should, should add Die Hard die 2 to hards. the list. Die hards. The die hards. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. This uh, next email is from Nick in the Nick Army. <laughs> okay. This is one of the many Nicks. Well, that's well. There's a Don Army. Yeah. So we got to have a, a different. You can't just say the Nick Army. The Nick Battalion. Okay. That's <laughs> good. Done. Hello, Leah and Josh. Please excuse the length of this email and mess dialogue. I'm also submitting this to my local news because it's so important to get people talking about this hobby in a good light. I was driving on McGalloway Road in Pittsburgh, New Hampshire yesterday. Pittsburgh, On December New okay. 4th, 2022, mm-hmm. when the conditions shifted from snowy and good traction to ice with water on top. At this point, I decided to turn around, but it was too late. Turn around. I started sliding down a hill backwards, and I did my best to correct. I ended up nearly going off a large culvert into a brook. But then I threw... 18 Baofengs out of my car and the truck got traction <laughs> on all the Baofengs I threw out and I was saved. <laughs> my car was at a very unique angle and I could not safely get out for a long time until Ben, who was with me, stabilized the car using climbing rope. Whoa. We had no idea if it was stable or not, but I could feel it shifting a lot. It was not ideal, but it was better than nothing. While he was stabilizing the vehicle, one of the ropes snapped and whacked him in the knee. Now, we're in a survival situation with no cell service and an injured party. I've gone through some basic medical training, both with the Boy Scouts and my local cert. Boy Scouts told me, put a tourniquet on it immediately. (laughs) Take off my belt and turn it into a tourniquet. Immediately. (laughs) And then tell tell the wounded party, you're losing the leg. Yeah, we were able to stabilize his leg and build a temporary shelter to block the wind using some pine bows. When the incident happened, the temperature was around 35 degrees Holy smokes. I am a ham radio operator for a year or so now. Luckily, I had a small handheld radio in my car. I grabbed it and tried all the local repeaters and the calling frequency. Finally, I heard the Mount Washington repeater W1NH heard me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea if anyone was listening as I rarely have heard communications on this repeater. I tried everything, starting emergency SOS 911, tried holding my PTT and dialing 911 on the keypad. I tried keying the HT like Morse code, but the repeater would not let that happen. Wow. This was all done using an Anytone 878 with a signal stick on turbo power 7 watts, I think. I then heard someone calling back to me and I got excited. 
What I heard was KC1QXL. He reported that I was way in the static and unreadable. At this point, he figured I was just trying to test a new antenna or make a long distance contact. I knew he was there though, and he said he would keep monitoring. It gave me hope. Nearly 75 miles away was the repeater. Whoa. He was about 50 miles further than that away. So I started walking to higher ground. Now, survival training states don't leave the vehicle That's if true. it is safe to stay. Yeah. So I left Ben there with the agreement I would check back in 30 minutes. But whatever happens, eight pounds of pine bows. Do, <laughs> do not leave Stabilize. the area. I climbed the big icy hill and kept desperately calling out till finally he heard me say 911. He confirmed with me 911. I was able to roger it out. I was still way in the static, but once he heard that he was determined to help us. Wow. At this point, a lot of time has passed. I truly don't have a timeline, but I would say close to an hour of trying to make a contact. You got to forward me this email. I'm going to talk about it on the live stream. Finally, he got my location and he and was able to call emergency services. All I kept saying was icy, very icy. He was able to get that my car went off the road. We had one injured party. He kept me updated every step of the way. Wow. The temperature was dropping and I was cold and wet. I helped Ben get further off the road up to where I was able to hear KC1QXL. It was comforting to hear someone's voice reminding me that there was help on the way. At one point, someone logged into the repeater to rag chew. They halted comms once they heard about the situation. But Ben and I literally were so happy to hear someone's voice we started a small fire to try to warm up as i was starting to get some signs of frostbite and hypothermia wow we started to warm up a little with the assistance of Derek flint kc1 qxl roger mk1 dfa we were able to complete this nearly impossible task luckily after Hours and hours of waiting, we heard engines and got help. Ben was brought to the emergency room, and I met up with the tow company to remove the vehicle. Cell service was a few miles away, and if I had to walk that distance, there is a good chance we would not have made it due to cold, wet, and injured. Ham Radio does not rely on the internet or cell service. I will forever be grateful for this hobby. Wow. By the time I got my vehicle out, it was 19 degrees. Wow. That is... An incredible story. Man, Derek and Roger, thank goodness. Yeah, good job, yeah. guys. Good job. Uh, Nick signs off. Thank you, Josh, for kicking my butt in gear to get my license oh. to save my life and the life of my husband. 73, Nick, KC1, OTX. It's, it's oh, kind of crazy Nick. where, like, most of the time I treat this as, as a hobby. I do. Like straight up. And I know people lament when I say like, oh, it's a hobby. But you are the reason why it's a service. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is this is why it's important to consider yeah. this this story mm -hmm. and to remind people that there is more to this and it takes people being in it for it to work. And the only way that it continues to be functioning is if you get your license. Seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, think think of, okay. So he take this example. He would not have he tried. known what to do on that repeater. Well, just, just him alone, right? So, okay. All credit to the operator, of course. All mm -hmm. operators. They all had the wherewithal to um, 
to use the radio. But he said he went through many repeaters, tried to call on simplex, tried to do all kinds of things. I'm assuming closer repeaters. He was able to make a contact on, on a repeater 70 miles away. That is incredibly difficult. That's that's incredible. I'm surprised his battery lasted the entire time, yes, to be honest. Seriously. In that cold, in all of what's going on, very impressive. And it, it we we need we need more hams to use the repeaters. I, I part of the reason why there's less activity on the repeaters is there's less hams on the repeaters. Right. We need more hams. We need more people to be on the repeaters to do, you know, all that thing, all those things that they need to do um, in their local communities like this. And most of the time it's just hanging out and having fun. And right. it is fun, but it's also really valuable, like situations like these. So great job, everybody all around. Yeah. Um, Man, that's a good story. Yeah, thank you for sharing Do you forward that. me that? Did you forward it to me? Do forward I, that email to me eventually, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the next email is titled, Winlink Finally Works. And this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Nathan. Okay. Hello, Josh and Leia. Just testing out my testing out Winlink on my new 705 10 watts what? to the W1AW gateway. This is the first time ever. You get to ever. go to W1AW? Th that's the node you get to hit? I don't, why is that? W1AW is ARRL. Nice. Uh, nice. This is the first time nice. ever I have gotten Winlink to work for me. To be honest, though, the last time I truly tried was with my ft891 and a wolf river coil in 2021 glad i finally proved to myself it can be done in case i need it in the future can you do a right. winlink fm with the 705 without anything extra more than a radio cable and computer honestly i, I could just look it up myself but i need to keep ham radio conversations flowing i'm, I'm probably working on something like that all oh, right probably well, Nathan, something's in the works, and that's 73s from K1MAZ, Nathan. Thank, Thank you, you buddy. so much. Thank you for the reminder to Leia, too. Yeah, th th that's uh, really so kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next email is titled, New Ham. Okay. And this is from David. Hi, Leia and Josh. Ham Radio Crash Course and the podcast encouraged me to finally get my license. My wife took a 10-day trip and left me home with the dog, so he took the chance. I took I took the chance, not the dog. He took the chance. Took, I we took got the two chance. buttons to click. Two technicians, <laughs> one's a dog. <laughs> and spent 10 days watching W4EEY videos in the comfort of our living room. Like every new ham, I had a handful of bow fangs that I could tinker with while studying. The day after passing my technician, I was listening to the podcast, Three-hour podcast is perfect for a 10-ish mile mountain bike ride, a 20-ish, sorry, 20-ish mile, and thinking how close I was to passing the general. I hadn't studied, but a few people came in late, so I figured I'd take the test to see how bad it was. Good. I don't remember what episode, but Josh kept pointing out that if you aren't finding people on UHF, VHF, you'll always find pe people on HF. Always. I got my technician to play with APRS while mountain biking, but inherited a ICOM 706. After that episode, I decided I needed to get my general. Yes, that's the that's the art. That's my there. There is only one major goal of the Hammer Your Crash Course. Mm. Well, there's two. First is to trick you into getting your license. Mm -hmm. And then the second trick is to mm. get you on HF. Mm. And that's where we truly hook you. 
I spent a few weeks watching W4EY general videos at 2x speed and passed with hamstudy.org three weeks after getting my technician. That's a that's a twofer because it's the technician and the general. Twofer. Yeah. Congratulations, that's the Hammer Crash Course David. special. <laughs> Go straight to general. Uh, no, well, three weeks between. But yeah. Okay, yeah. I, t I take it back. Okay. I'll be playing with my Yesu FT5 and signal stick till hopefully Santa brings me a wire antenna and a soda beams carbon six mast. You don't, you need to wait for Santa. You can literally go to Home Depot. You can be get your, your own, own Santa. You, 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 no one is going to get upset you at a couple of dollars in You will have to dress up in a Santa suit when you go to Home Depot, but. <laughs> I mean, aside from the expenditure on the costume and the cookies, yeah. inevitably the cookies yes, and yeah. milk, right? Yeah. Of course. Mm -hmm. um, the wire's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> much cheaper than you know many of the things that you will experience in ham radio david signs off thanks for the awesome podcast david kk7 jdj thank you so much david and congratulations again welcome welcome Congrats. It's, it's really great that your wife took that uh 10-day trip huh? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time it's the Okay. This email is titled ADIF versus Cabrillo Logs or Cabrillo Logs. And this is from Greg. Okay. Hi, Leia and Josh. It seems like all the good logging programs give me ADIF files and ARRL contests want Cabrillo. Where is a good converter? Why is this data format problem an issue? My preferred logger is Hammers, but there is there something better for Cabrillo Logs? So, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I guess I too get confused by this because to me, ADIF is just a format. It's like a .text or a .gif or a JPEG or whatever. Cabrillo is the format of the document, like internal to the document. At least that's my understanding. And I could be totally wrong. Generally, when <laughs> I've said that, I've said that so many times in this episode, I apologize. When I send in my log to the ARRL, I just use their log uploader. I just take the, um, so I'll take the log in text format. And you can do this easy enough in uh, Hammers. You just email yourself the log. Then you copy the text, right? And you can, you can paste it into the ARRL, at least... Um, from my experience, maybe I'm not thinking correctly because I haven't, no, I, I did this recently. Although I haven't used hammers before for a contest. Maybe that's the problem. So let me go back a step. I will tell you what I do. And then you can consider the options on that. So when I contest, I use uh, N3FJP. That is, that is what I use for a logger. That exports in Cabrillo format, and then you can just take it in, in file format type and also just the text and use that on the ARRL uploader. To convert it, though, you may still have to go to um, like something like N3FJP or another logger to be able to bring it, bring the logs in and then export them out in the right format. 
That's the, the, the easiest way in my mind, thinking through it, to do that. N3FJP, I think, is like 50 bucks or around that price point, and then you get all the logs that they make, in, basically in perpetuity. Every time they update the log for any contest, boom, you're all set and you're ready to go. So that may be the way to do it. May not be the most efficient way, but that is that is the way you can you can make that happen. There are other options like uh, Ham Radio Deluxe will likely do it. There's uh, what's the other one? I was stumbling over my words for uh, N1MM is the other one that I was thinking of. So that's the other one you can use that will get you, you know, contest log ready. And you can probably import hammers into N1MM and then you can, you know, get it out into Cabrillo format or whatever um, is your focus. I, I don't know that there, by the way, I'm not a, um, I'm not an active contester. There are probably smarter people than I. I would uh, recommend that you actually reach out to AA0Z, Kyle. I will, I'll throw him right on the fire on this one. So if, if you want some better information, you can reach out to him on my Discord. Um, I believe you can probably catch him on many social medias and uh, be able to probably get a better answer to your question. I'm assuming you might be able to Google your problem too, like hammers to Cabrillo. Like if you just did hammers to Cabrillo on Google, in fact, I'll... Let me see if I can just do that live right now. Hammers to Cabrillo. Doing it live. Hmm. Nope, doesn't work right. <laughs> that didn't. Um, there is there is a feature request on on Hammers though, where people are asking for a Cabrillo file export feature. So that's a thing. Um, let's see, converting ADI from Hammers to Cabrillo. There's a Reddit post on that. And literally all I did search was for hammers to Cabrillo and people started talking about it. And let's see, I haven't used it for field day, but this site was what saved me when I was trying to figure out this for a digital contest. And it was uh, b4h.net cab forms, cab forms. And uh, that's, that's an option. And I believe ARRL also has a format tutorial on Cabrillo formatting. So you probably find that Reddit post if you search the same Google thing I did, which is again, was just hammers uh, to Cabrillo. All right, well, hopefully that gives you some options, Greg. Greg signs off. Thanks for all you do, Greg K6XSS. XSS, mm -hmm. well, that's a fun CW load. All right, very good. Well, everybody, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast and hopefully we're helping you out get more active on ham radio as always you can email us with your questions tell us your ham radio story and journey we heard a lot of that today and a lot of new licenses that was amazing i'm really excited to hear about more people getting involved in this amazing community hobby and service there you go so leah do you have anything you want to mention before we wrap out here wrap out not wrap up wrap it wrap it right out i i would like for you to wrap it out wrap it out okay yeah. well i think i might have forgot it the last time so enjoy the korean transit jingle as we wrap <laughs> it up 73 everybody take it easy 73
Good night or good morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs>